feel insulted about Erica. Life in general. Life in general, for the most part. I mean, it, it's just a constant onslaught of just shit. So, <laughs> but you know what, Alex? I did make myself a really nice steak dinner tonight. Ooh, steak dinner! I got a nice ribeye. It wasn't outrageously expensive, though. I did. I was at the grocery store. Was it yesterday? <clears throat> and I was like, "Oh, I need eggs," and I'm at you know whatever grocery store let me pop over and i'll grab eggs why are eggs six dollars a carton again do we have the avian flu flying through again there doesn't need to be a reason because i was at aldi the other day and i was like oh fuck why are eggs 250 at aldi they were like a dollar 60 the other day should have bought those 250 eggs should have foolish you blew it foolish See, if at that point, once the price difference is that wide, you should just drive to Aldi and get the fucking eggs. I was going to, but then I'll probably, I'll have to stop at some point this week. I don't eat uh, uh, nearly as many eggs now that Bob is dead. That's true. So, it's but, only but a once or need, twice a but week. But you do need eggs for basically anything you'll ever bake. This is true. This is true. So, unless we've been trying want, to Unless curtail. you don't want it to taste good. Well, exactly. I've got a sad egg replacer for what I do some like some i have done like gluten and dairy free for uh folks i'm shaking my head no so i had a thing this weekend like the flourless cookie or whatever nonsense like that i mean they have it's like a a gluten-free like measure for measure replacement it's just very grainy because it's like rice flour and like yeah and it's just not the same yeah and i understand that like these people deserve to have sweets as well but um so they wanted me to do a couple desserts and like chicken tenders that were, you know, as gluten free and dairy free as I could make them. So I made these pastries called Queen Amon that are, uh, uh, it's a it's a puffed, uh, sugary, delightful, like denser croissant. It's the greatest thing you could ever stick in your face. And they were like, "Oh, can you do that gluten and dairy free?" And I was like. I don't really. You know what? We'll give it a try. I don't Why really not? want to. I don't want to, but let me try it. So, I mean, they do make uh, decent dairy-free butters and all that. So I made them. They turned out fine. And I'm looking at them and I was like, you know, not everyone at this function is going to be gluten and dairy-free. Namely, <laughs> myself. So I'm going <laughs> to make a batch. That tastes good. Of the prop- That tastes good as well. So then I made like the proper puff and yeah, and those were like out of this fucking world. I'm just so jealous of your Finn Balors of the world who've never tasted sugar and flour and anything that actually makes food taste good yeah and they just get to be shredded Mm -hmm. and it's it's just such a but it's like they're probably jealous of me too that I know what a chocolate chip cookie tastes like you know yeah probably I mean I don't know that I would want to get through go through life without knowing what like a like a proper chocolate chip cookie not mm-hmm. a sad chocolate chip cookie right like the ones you make right wow my you chocolate said, chip cookie you said right good. you just agreed with me right? I thought you meant like my gluten like dairy free ones wow go fuck yourself Alex my chocolate chip cookies are delightful <laughs> you know what wasn't delightful that first episode of Halo oh was it not just the same show I was just like, do we do an intro anymore? Do we not even bother? Oh, we're doing an intro. Okay. Sorry, I got distracted for half a second. No, you're all right. Yeah, no. Somebody's got to get distracted by their phone now. Uh, no, no, then not to the Bob level. Okay. No, if, I, if it was the Bob level, No, if you were level, distracted to the Bob level, it would just be phone. me talking to the dear audience about, like, <laughs> the how Witcher. deep can we get into the Witcher lore here? What's allowed? Well, Alex just sits there and stares at his phone. <laughs> 
there won't be people to rain me back. One of my favorite, like, and this was a Pacific Rim thing, like, way back in the day. We were doing an episode of the movie podcast we used to do, and we were doing an episode where we talked about Pacific Rim, and it was me, Bob, and Jack. And I started to get into the deep lore, and they were like, yeah, we're not doing that. That's not a thing we're going to be doing. We're not going to be talking about the extras nonsense. We're going to be talking about the movie. <laughs> Just the movie. Hello. This is Subtle Interference, a podcast about Halo today, amongst other things. (laughs) I'm your host, Alex, joined by my other host, JoJo Beatty enthusiast, Erica. Nice. Nicely done. Thank you for committing to the bit. I know I say that every week, but I do appreciate it. that's part of the intro. Hello. Animaniacs enthusiast, Erica. That was a great show. It was a great it was show. A really, I have not watched the remake just because I was like, I'm good. Thank you. And I feel like that original held up really well. <clears throat> All right. So I want to be clear. We've only watched the first episode of season two of Halo. There's three out. I was going to say, I saw that there were three and I was like, I got one in me today. <laughs> and It's been a me, rough couple days. I got one in me. Let me, let me just say, now I'll preface this by saying maybe this is the first episode of a new season where you're maybe trying to close up some previous storylines. They did change the showrunner. You're laying the groundwork for the season ahead. Right. So we'll see. But I'll say my initial impression of episode one of season two is this show still fucking sucks. (laughs) That was where I was at. Because we went right in and I was like, okay, this fight scene is like fine. My Paramount Plus today looked like shit. Hmm. I don't know, because everything else that we kind of watched... Like it was uh, really like pixelated or something? It was very pixelated. It was driving me crazy. So Mm. I don't know if that kind of affected my viewing experience. I'm definitely not going to go back and watch it again. But I I that I thought that initial fight sequence was kind of cool. It was good. I mean, it was it was TV CG, sure, right? I mean, sure. like a level above like the CW or something. Sure, but sure. I mean, I'm not gonna get. I'm that, not expecting the Disney Mandalorian budget. Sure, sure. You know, it's just CG is gonna look like shit sometimes. And it was fine. You and could it just was tell fine. you could tell the movements were unnatural. Sure. But I guess that doesn't it's like, okay, he's supposed to be this mega super soldier and he's fighting these alien super soldiers. Like There's gonna be a little bit of unreality. It could be it could look a little ridiculous. It's gonna it doesn't be fine. really bother right. me. That if CGI that, bothers you still. The action part light. was the best part of the episode, and, and that's not surprising because in season one the action parts were Those were the best parts. Always the best parts of the season. Now here, wait, I have I have notes. Okay. I will read through them for you on my phone that is very close to dying. Let's see. Okay. First note, I'm ten minutes in and lost. Is this a flashback? Solid fight scene. I'm just lost. <laughs> Off with the helmets right away. Of course. Paramount was also running like shit. Uh, wasn't there a girl? There was like a rebellion thing, right? That's who was at the end of the episode. That's my last note. Who was the girl at the Quan. end? That was her. And that's why when I was watching it, I go, oh my God, they brought Quan back. Like, fuck me. Well, it was like, well, and you kind of got to, I mean, part of me would have preferred if we just kind of like, and didn't talk about that anymore. Well, that's what I was hoping was maybe we would just drop some of the bad subplots. And we, we had a bunch of pieces moved around, right? So Quan is still on the ver- the random asteroid colony that no one could possibly give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Doing some sort of like fucking seer bullshit or something. 
And did she have like that kind of like I did not read not that I remember. I should have gone back and read like a recap. Like I should have done like the Wikipedia, like this is what happened last season. Didn't her people have some sort of thing though? Like remember when he went on some sort of like fucking vision quest? No. (laughs) Okay. Alex, you know what I remember about the first season of Halo? Burn Gorman's taut ass. That's all I remember. (laughs) Well, see, this is the problem, Erica, with being me, is I retain nonsense exceptionally well. Now, anything that could possibly matter (laughs) in any way to improving my life or anything along those lines no memory whatsoever i mean ask like if me, you were if you were like what's two plus two i'd have to take a moment be like wait it's but four right if you asked me what happened <laughs> in season one of halo i could give you the bullet points okay <laughs> i don't remember anything <clears throat> i remember hoping that the 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 spartan was gonna climb that tree yeah, yeah and and she's gone I was and, gonna say, where was she? The 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 daughter of uh, what's her face, the bad scientist. Right, um, is go- she wasn't there. She's just gone. Her father's still there. So I'm hoping that maybe and, she's. And, and, and the mother is in the credits. So I saw her name pop up in the credits because I remember her from Californication. Okay, but so she's on the show still. The wasn't mother wasn't the mom Halsey. No, right, Halsey. Yeah, yeah, right. So the mom was Halsey because they were the looking for Halsey, like the right? General or whatever. Yeah. They're looking for Halsey. She's on the run for reasons. I can't remember. Crimes. I think the crimes of the Spartan program have been exposed, but they're trying to cover it up. Also, also new, obviously evil guy in charge of the Spartan like program looks like the non-union like equivalent of fucking Burn Gorman. And that was very distracting. Oh, actually, I will say that guy has been in other stuff. Like I remember seeing him on. um, He was one of the leads on that show, The Originals, which was a spinoff of Vampire Diaries or whatever it was called. Anyways, he, he was. Did you watch a, Vampire Diaries? I've seen parts. Okay. The he's a good actor. Okay. And now I did think when he showed up, I went, okay. Do we have to do the trope of person in position of authority who doubts the guy on the ground, seeing the shit go down? That immediately, I was like, isn't this like Master Chief is supposed to be the guy, right? Yeah. Isn't that the whole fucking point? Like he's the guy. Like, this is the guy. You're not going to believe him? Well, and it, it was a thing in the video games at points. Not at the beginning, but later on, I remember in either like Halo 3 or Halo 4 or something. At a certain point, Master Chief starts getting certain orders that he's just like, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And fuck that, and I'm out of here. And he's still, you know, I'm just going to go save all you fuckers. But that's different than... Getting an order and being like, nah, is different than I saw X on planet. Why are we pretending X didn't And happen? they're just like, no, nah, we don't believe you. This You're hallucinating. This doesn't make sense that they would. And it's right. It's like, why would you go take over outposts before you glass the planet? Right. You know? I like that concept that they're like running like training missions. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Like I'd like to I prepare for the invasion of whatever. Exactly. That's because I would assume, and I guess spoilers, but we're doing like the invasion of Reach at some point this season. 
I think what what I've heard is I've tried to avoid everything, but I think it's in the first couple episodes, okay. the glass scene of Reach. It just seems like that's where we're going to be like getting there. Right. Then we kinda... Which was when a ton of Spartans were lost right. and a ton of just general infantry were lost. Because that's the, the other thing, too. It does just seem Reach like Reach was like a mag- major military base or something. There's a lot of Spartans still fucking around. I hope the blonde one survives because, again, I'm very invested in the tree climbing. I noticed the blonde one. She was in her underwear. She looked like she's been hitting the gym. Yeah, she knew. Oh, okay, then hopefully she's going to be on the show for a while. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she said, oh, they want me to be here with my fucking clothes off here. I'm going to. All right, then. I'm going to look good on this fucking I'm show. I'm going to get okay? some fucking traps. Wait for it. Because what's his face? Uh, the, the Schreiber or whatever. Pablo Schreiber. He's, he's jacked as fuck. I also appreciated. He's, he's on like, everything. He's on the rock stuff. This giant at the end of the episode. It's this giant. He's got a hood on, though. So no one knows that it's him. But no he's one this can, beast of a man. It's like this person who's supposed to be like nine feet tall or something. Yeah, towering over the, everyone he the walks hood, by. The hood He's just kind of, that's enough. He's got a hood. It's okay. It's cool. <laughs> well, and, and so we saw, yeah, they moved some pieces around, right? So you had the former head of whatever, the USNC or something, the Indian woman meets him at the end in the elevator. Because what happened to her? Like She they... just took the fall for okay. whatever or something. Her shenanigans with Halsey. Because she was involved in that. She, I vaguely remembered her being like around. And she was, I mean, this is the funny thing that now all of a sudden they're positioning her to potentially work with him because she was a terrible person in the first season. I don't remember exactly what she was up to. Vaguely remember. That, I'm but pretty then why sure would he start trusting her? That's, that's what I mean. Well, I don't think he knows everything she was up to, and who knows? She'll probably stab him in the back in two episodes or something. Well, right? I can only hope. But I seem to recall she was in favor of the idea of putting AIs in these Spartans' heads to then take over their bodies, essentially. Okay. So she was backing a lot of the I vaguely, I vaguely remember that. And then what, like, is does he still have Cortana? It sounds like no. Okay. Which is part of the... That's going to be part of the storyline, I guess, this season, right? Them reuniting. Sure. Because he was talking... He goes to, like, the... I don't know, holographic porn whorehouse or something. That's what it felt like, yeah. And he's like talking about how, oh, I feel like a piece of you was left behind in me or something like that. Like I'm hearing you in my head or something. But the weird thing is, is it's like, and again, I don't remember a lot because it was like, watched it, talked about it, jettisoned. Gone, (laughs) yeah. Um, Were they like, did they... Because it was a very adversarial relationship, I remembered it being. They got, they were getting, they were getting along better towards the end. But at first it was very like, I don't want you in my head. This is bullshit. I don't need you. Okay. Okay. But then I think he started to see the, the value in her. Because like originally it was, oh, you, this is like something that's going to work together with you. And then it was, oh, no, actually it's an AI that's going to completely take over and you're just a meat puppet then, right? Yeah. But then she was like, I don't want to do that. Right. And then it became, okay. She pushed back against Halsey wanting okay. to do that. I vaguely but again, jettisoned. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're they're clearly moving some pieces around, right? Like you have the, we don't know where hot blonde you know traitor woman went the one who banged him um we don't know where she is banged him yeah remember they fucked did he fuck halsey no not halsey the hot the the hot blonde who was tied up with the covenant 
Did they fuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't remember that at she, all. They captured her or she gave herself up or whatever. Oh, yes. Yes. They fucked? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, so they, they were absolutely fucking at least once, if not twice. I no, I, I think I vaguely remember that because then, like, didn't shenanigans happen and she, like, escaped then? I can't remember what happened to her. Okay. I don't remember that. Because um, she's back with the Covenant, isn't she? I don't know. Or were they, like, I, I trying really to get rid of her? Or I think maybe he was trying to sneak her off somewhere. I really can't remember what happened to her. But I'm sure... I mean, they were showing her like he was imagining her or something right at the end. Okay. Yeah. And I, then it I, ended up actually being Quan okay. under the hood. Um. Oh, yeah. I, I see what she... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh... So he he was, I mean I think she's I think she's still on the show I don't know, um, and then, yeah you've got dis distrustful guy who thinks Master Chief's out of his fucking mind and just wants to cover things up and keep everything kumbaya and we're all good and nothing bad's happening and we're definitely not losing this war to the Covenant right right um, <laughs> and I just I remember this trope the word used to annoy me the most was when I would watch I watched like the first two or three seasons of 24 mm-hmm. and I had to stop watching that show because every season Jack Bauer would go out save the whole goddamn world from nuclear annihilation or something in 24 hours I'm, I'm nodding vigorously. and then the next season would start and the president or the head of whatever. You or don't know whoever, what you're talking about. You're fucking crazy, Jack. You've lost your mind. The world's passed you by. And then he goes and saves the world. And this happened like 15 times. Okay, And man. it's like, all right, I got it. At some point. Can we have a different can we idea? Believe, this guy's never cried wolf. Right. He's always been right. Right. <laughs> so there's, always, just... there's always been a wolf, guys. <laughs> yeah. There's always been a wolf. So. I don't know. You've got this supposed war hero, Master Chief, who's out there. And he says, hey. Something fucked is going on. I don't know what's going on, but this doesn't make sense tactically. Tactically. Tactically, thank you. (laughs) This doesn't make sense. Why would you attack people on a planet to then just annihilate it with ships? There's just no point. It doesn't make sense. So, And this guy's supposed to be some former Ani agent or whatever, which would be their CIA equivalent, I think. Like, the, like I spy, said, like a like, spy what, what did they say? He's got like big ambitions, whatever the hell. Right. And it's it's just it's a trope you've seen. And tropes are tropes for a reason. You can do fun stuff yeah. with them. It's just this is very overused, and I don't trust this show to do it in a way that I'm going to find it. And, and, and maybe you know I I don't know what's going on, but maybe in two episodes, Reach gets glassed. And then he says, oh, shit, Master Chief, you were right. You or know? he's just dead. And we can just like. <laughs> or, but if it's just going to be the whole season of him pushing back and pushing back and pushing back, that's going to get old. It's already old. Know, I just want to see. Right. I just want to like. I say the same thing about this show every time. I just want to see Master Chief and the other Spartans fucking beating ass. That's all I want. This is not complicated. I want to watch like I want to see shop wrecking. I want to see like cool shit with the guns and the like, you know, I want to see like interesting fight scenes like it's an action show. And I under I understand it's a very heavy CG show when it comes to the action. So they can't have in a, you know, whatever, seven hour season, they can't have 
five hours of action. It would it would be no, insane on the budget. You wouldn't I get want that. five hours of action either because that would get exhausting. But and this is this is something that I feel like people you you lose sight of and you lose because everyone's just like oh we'll just do it with CG and it'll be fine. There's like when you have to do stuff practically, you have to really think through it. And you've got to, like, come up with interesting ways of doing things. Yeah. And we just don't really see that too much anymore, unfortunately, when you do start to get into, like, the, the CGI nightmare territory. Do you have any good ideas of what you would like to see in the non-action parts? Because I was trying to think about this, and I really don't know. Because I, I honestly don't give a shit about anything that's happening on the fucking asteroid colony. I and, don't care about and that And now they've captured that pirate leader or whatever, whatever whoever did. Right. And now I almost feel like we're going to get a bunch of time but spent But he, like, he was like a former Spartan, wasn't right. he? Right. Yeah. And I, I, I almost, I worry we're going to end up getting a bunch of time spent on his wife yeah, and I don't, child, I don't care about that who I couldn't possibly give a shit about in the least. Agreed. And I am already worried they're going to spend like 50, 10 50. minutes each episode on that plot line. And I just don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. I'm I would be a little bit more. You know what? If we're doing reach this season and I don't know a ton about the halo lore, but just if you're going to do this and you're going to have this pretty giant moment in the lore of the series is my understanding right what i would do if you really want that maximum impact how about you like i don't fucking care about this asteroid colony how about you introduce me to like a family that lives on reach maybe they're like military adjacent or something and it's here's our day today and oh we're hearing some like Shit's kind of weird with the military this is what i'm hearing from yeah. like maybe he the maybe the mom or the dad knows like works a little bit like tangentially with Master Chief and they're hearing some weird shit and this is kind of maybe they work with him a little bit to like feel out what's going on like within the city what's the what's the vibe so that then when Reach eventually gets fucking laid to waste you there's a little an, you heft have like an emotional that. investment cuz on like right now I don't fucking care okay Cause, go ahead cuz at the end they show like there's all the lava when that one planet's getting destroyed. And then the crazy religious people just wait for the lava to take them. Well, and, and that it's was like, like what's am th- I supposed to care about these people? They're just crazy fucks. Right. Like, the, yeah. Because she said something to him about, what was it? I've like seen your death or I've something. I've seen your death and it's soon. And it's just it's like, like, all right, crazy woman. I don't, I go don't, away. I don't, I don't care. And anything anyone says, Master Chief in this show is like a naive child. Anyone, any, anything anyone says to him, he takes right to heart. Like, instantly. You're like, you don't know this person? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? It's like, he should have just been like, okay, babe. <laughs> All right. Whatever you say, hon. <laughs> okay. Go, go die in the lava. That would have been so funny if he would have just went, All right. <laughs> just well, and then, like, the I ship. feel like that moment... Where, like, all the Spartans are kind of razzing each other. That was supposed to be, like, a moment of levity. And I was just like, this is terribly, like, acted and written. <laughs> well, and you also, have, you also have the weirdness of that whole locker room scene where you've got kind of all the sub, like, henchmen team members just being assholes. And then the two leaders, like Master Chief and whoever the other guy was supposed to be, 
we're actually kind of having a serious conversation. Dead meat. He's dead meat. That's who it is. <laughs> Captain Dead Meat. And, and, and Mass Chief is like, hey, look, whatever they tell you out there, treat it like it's real. I mean, and he's like, you, you always do, Chief. You're I like, kind of liked that. That yeah. was kind of interesting. Like, hey, no, something more is going on here. Pay Cut. attention. Right. And I know what I'm talking about because for the love of fucking Christ, I'm goddamn Master Chief. <laughs> I'll be pulling your ass out of the fire soon. Don't you worry. Oh, no. He's dead. He's going to die. He's <laughs> just dead. Dead meat. So I think that there's just... They're trying to, like, expand the universe with this, like, asteroid colony. And I don't... I don't care. And it was just kind of like whenever they came on screen, I, I eyes just kind of glazed over. <laughs> I know. Because it's like... And the, the, the one this... idiot being led into the most obvious trap of all time. And I was almost hoping he was going to die there, and then that's this was, what I thought. That's this and was them was like, just okay, closing that we're plot done line, with this. right? Right. That's what I was hoping. Yeah. But now, like, he's captured. The wife and the child are on the fucking asteroid, and your guy. Oh my god, they're going to dedicate so much time to these people, and I just don't care. I just don't care about them. But see, this, they're all assholes. Herein lies the problem, and this is the problem that you come up, you you find with many adaptations. What and I've talked about this before. What is the heart of Thing? Why do I watch Thing? Why do people like Thing? Right. If you can't capture that, I don't. I'm not going to watch Thing. Because right now, like I'm, I'm willing to give it a couple more episodes. This wasn't even like like I'm not having a good time talking about it. It's just like I was bored. The end. <laughs> we'll see how the next two are. Yeah, like, I'm willing to watch a few more just to see where it kind of goes. Because, like we said at the beginning, not every first episode of a show is going to, like, blow your hair back, Especially right? in a new season, because they're trying to lay out some stuff, and then you kind of go, hopefully. And right. hopefully in the second episode, we go. We've got some pieces in place, so let's... But like you said... I don't want to have to wait until the end of the season for whatever to happen with Reach happening. I feel like right. we need to be getting to the actual fucking Halo we, we, sooner yes, rather we, than we later. We need to start the war with the because right now it's I think they're supposed like there was some time jump between the first and second season, and now we we're in well because what was that? I thought at first that it was a flashback because they show him on the table. That seems like some sort of flashback forward okay because i was sitting there and i'm like okay wait what's what's going on he's on the table i'm not sure what's happening or maybe that is a flashback that he can't recall and now we're flat and now we're i mean we're cutting to something maybe that'll be when his memory is like fully maybe. restored or something absolutely no idea but because we hear cortana during that scene yeah but i was just very much like what I, i'm i'm just confused now well, and I think that's also just us not being that plugged into the not show. Not super invested, sure, sure. You didn't watch it like 45 times over like some other shows. Well, and I was like, I, I had to make a concerted effort because I was, it's been, it's been, it's been a, it's been a week. I'll just say that. And I was very like, uh, uh, like I want to sink into my comfort shows, but I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I've been watching a uh, uh, a Dimension Twenty campaign, which is a um, it's tabletop, but they're doing and it's old, but it's uh, uh, Candyland crossed with the Game of Thrones. Interesting, and it's fucking delightful. And uh, I've been watching that, and um, 
I was like, I knew we were going to talk about uh, Halo. So I was like, I got to watch at least one episode. But I, I, it did not inspire great uh, uh, enthusiasm to continue. I want it to be good, you know? But like, I just, I just want it to be good. It's like so many of these video game franchises, like... And I didn't watch all of The Last of Us. I think I only watched the first couple episodes. But it was just kind of like... We're just... We're doing... We're changing some things from the game. But we're doing the game. But we're doing the game. Because here's the other problem that you get with with certain media. Is they want it to be for everybody. And not every piece of art or every television show or every movie is supposed to be for everybody. So, like, maybe that's why they're like, oh, we can't have it all just be, like, the military stuff and all on Reach and all just Master Chief... Because then we won't grab people that might care about this other perf nonsense. And these are new characters, so people can, like, everybody can learn about them together. Yeah. Which is a fine idea, but I don't care about those characters at all. You have to do something to make me care about them. Well, I, I, I yeah, I think for this show, one, they should just get to the glassing of Reach. Let's just do it. And let's get to the fucking ring, hopefully, by the end of this season. And let's just start the war, right? Because I think right now we're seeing there's a bunch of these skirmishes happening with the Covenant, right. but not the full blown we're, we're invasions going. happening. And we're trying; they're trying to take Earth, and right. they're trying to take Reach and whatever else. Like, right. you know, let's just get to it so we can get to some more action focus and the horrors of war and yada yada. You know, let's just get there. And, there's some and, interesting stories you can tell there too. You know, it's it's. I just feel like we're doing a lot of wheel spinning. And what's frustrating, seeing is that I heard a lot, just from like stuff you tell, I'm like, I'm not seeking shit out about this show. But they were like, oh, no, 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 season two, it's so much better. We start getting there. And it's like, again, I realize this is just the first episode. Yeah. You're not, not inspiring confidence. It, confidence was not inspired. No. Yeah. I, and look, this is me, my thing for any of these franchises, you know video games, movies, TV, whatever it is, whatever you're pulling from, books, whatever, I feel, and this is just me, maybe I'm an idiot, why don't you hire some writers and producers who are fans of the content that you're pulling from? Well, because I think that can also be, I think having people familiar with it is is helpful, right? But you don't necessarily, you need a mix, because you don't, I don't want to watch... It doesn't need to be a one-for-one one one conversion. For one. But I think there should be some sort of reverence or something for the source material. I don't think reverence is the right word. I think respect for the source material. Yeah. Something I should like that. see the 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 uh, the spirit of the source material in the thing you're making. Rather than just, oh, well, we want to throw these characters in, but we don't want to, you know, we want to have the franchise because we want to get paid a lot of money and we want a lot of people to watch, in theory. But, but the problem with that, though, is it's like, okay, maybe you get people who are fans of Halo, but then once they start watching, they're like, this isn't what I, I'm here for. Right. And then you have nobody. And there's literally 50,000 other things to watch. Yeah. So I'm not, why am I going to hang out? Right. And I also think when it comes to like these video game adaptations, they got to be good. Otherwise, the people who love video games are just going to go play video games. Well, that's exactly... Well, and... You've seen, especially with The Last of Us, this is possible. The high level of this can be achieved. Well, and you can make it where the video game people like it, 
but mm-hmm. also your general audience likes it too and it catches on and everything right you can be both yeah it's not easy i'm not pretending oh, like no, it's no, no, easy no, no, no. but i'm not pretending like i could do it you need to stay true to what the thing is and then if it's good word of mouth carries right I always go back to uh, a few things that everything everywhere all at once that really kind of got a groundswell of, oh shit, no, this is actually like a movie. Remember movies? Like didn't, this is a great fucking movie. Didn't that show get canceled? Every, oh, that's a movie. That's that. Oh, uh, oh you're right, right, right. I'm with, thinking uh, of. You're thinking of Our Flag Means Death. No, what's the show? What's the show that uh, the the Aussie guy does or whatever uh, from you know like Thor Ragnarok and all yeah, that? Yeah, our flag. Our flag means death. Oh, doesn't he do? Taika. He does something else. What else does he do? What we do in the shadows or whatever? Oh, he's is that like show? a producer on that. That's okay. been going for like four or five seasons. I think the next season is the last. Okay, that's maybe that's what I was. Which thinking is also of. delightful. But no, even our flag means death. That first season, it was very much a groundswell of like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then it was, it kind of built and built and built, and then it got there, and it was like, oh shit, this is like fucking great. So. One, I don't think you can expect something to grab an audience. So few things are going to like grab that billion dollars in their first fucking weekend. And to right. expect everything to do that, to get that kind of attention is asinine. But it also just has to be good. It has to be baseline good and interesting. And I don't know... I, I don't remember... like, And when I care about something... Like, I'm invested in something. I remember this shit. I don't remember anybody's fucking names. I got nothing, oh, Alex. I'm, I'm, I'm really bad with names on TV shows when there's 45 fucking characters. I I only know Halsey because I just like a, a pretty major character from the video right. games. Right. Obviously, I know Master Chief. I know Master Chief. And I just remember Quan just because it was. I hated that character so much. I think she's seared into my memory. <laughs> But beyond that, like like hot blondie fucks, I can't remember her name. Uh, Evil Covenant Lady, you know, I can't remember her name. Uh, I can't remember the name of the general. I can't remember the name of the whoever was the leader of the UNSC who's now like a hobo or something. I got nothing. <laughs> By got the way, nothing. you notice how whatever city they live in is just a total shithole. Like, isn't this supposed to be the future where everything's grand well, and so on and so forth? That's the other thing, right? It is just kind of like. But that might be just a budget thing. Yeah, it's like okay, this is the set we got. Nice. Make it work. But that's that's like. But you could you could make it. There's ways of like doing that so that it looks better. It's just a lack of like effort. I or feel or creativity like. or creativity, right? But it's yeah, it's it, you can't be everything to everybody. So pick a thing and be the thing and do it well, and you'll find your audience and you'll please the audience that you in theory already have or so, should have but i don't know how many halo people are still like who who's watching this show i don't know nobody because there's like usually when there's like a, a show like this like a video game thing that premieres it filters into my online spaces a bit oh, i see I've things noticed, here and there i've noticed the amount of discussion for season one versus season two has decreased dramatically like it feels very i mean not to get you all riled up but it it feels very much like the last season of the witcher where i didn't see anybody talking about it and i was like oh this is not good 
this does not this probably does not reflect well on the viewership numbers and that's how i feel about this season of halo is i went oh there's three episodes out shit nobody's talking about this it doesn't even exist i didn't see any like advertisements for it oh that's not true i saw a trailer for it before something and i got very excited because i was like oh look my shitty show is back (laughs) i love shitting on this show yeah i need to be shittier (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I don't want to be bored. Like To me, that's the greatest It needs sin. to be campy. Like, if it's going to be bad, let's just make it campy and let's be really bad. Well, exactly. Let's have let's be fun bad. Let's have yeah. some fun with it. But I don't think we're going to But I'd much there. rather it be good. If I well, because this is a franchise that's Not very... for the podcast. For the podcast, I'd like it to be really, really bad. It's a franchise that's important to you. Nah, not really. I haven't I haven't really cared about Halo in honestly like a decade. Okay, but like Halo I always felt maybe because they've kind of run it into the ground, but you were always a big fan of those like like those initial trilogy of games. Sure. And I you mean, were excited when they said that it's a, show it's a, was it's coming a cool out. it's a it's a cool character, and, you know, it's like been b- bungled by Microsoft just like everything else. Um you know, I like it it's like you like the music and everything. The music yeah. is very good. Yeah. I almost wrote that in my notes, but I was like, that's like the one song. The main theme is great. And then like the rest of the music in the show, I was just kind of like, all right, it's fine. Well, and also here, this is, is this just not wanting to pay the composers or something their share? You know, like you own this music, don't you? <laughs> like, I think part of it is it's like. Because I, I don't get it. I thought one of the best things Witcher 3, or Witcher Season 3 did in regards to, it's because the soundtrack for Season 2, barring, you know, the Ask Your Songs, because I have a problem, I was just kind of like, this is very unforgettable and just kind of generic fantasy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that first season has a very, like, it, it, it's very, like, Eastern European and Slavic and very fucking, like, it's just very evocative of the show. And then the second season, they brought in a new composer for whatever reason. And it was just very much like, did you give this guy like a week to do this? Because it's fine. It's just not as good as it could be. And then he had time with three, the third season. But then they also brought in uh, 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 the band that did some songs from the uh, Witcher 3 video game. Mm-hmm. So they gave it kind of that same that feel. That feel you know, that the first season had, because that was very much lacking in season two. And it was like, okay, we're back. Joey Traps, you can stay. <laughs> you know, speaking of something that took off because of word of mouth almost exclusively, I showed you a video of just the little intro of Helldivers 2. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm like, I, I want to check that out. <laughs> that was delightful. And let me let me describe this game to you. So it's a sequel to Helldivers 1, as you might guess, which I never played. It was only on the PS4 and Vita, I think. And um, that was like a... I think it was some sort of top-down shooter, like an isometric view, like a Diablo or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It didn't take off that big. No one really played it. I think the... I mean, it did fine. Like, I mean, they, it did they well made enough a to warrant the sequel. Right. Um, but I think I saw the all-time peak on Steam was like 10,000 people, you know, playing it at the same time. This Helldivers 2 came out, and word spread really fast. Like, oh, because it didn't get promoted super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, what it is is a 
It's a Sony-funded second-party game. So they don't own the studio, mm -hmm. but they funded the game. And it's basically one of their first foray, forays into the whole, like, games-as-a-service model, where the game is $40. Um, and it's not supposed to be, like, a triple-A title or something, right? Because right? not and everything it's, has it, to be. It's, it's PS5 and PC at the same time. It's cross-play and so on. Um, but... It's a it's a shift of perspective. It's a third person shooter, and it has so much going for it. But the main thing, if I had to describe it, is just pure chaos is what unfolds. Mm -hmm. And you know, you saw him in like the intro. One of the there's two factions you fight. One of them are the fucking bugs from Starship Troopers. Yeah, pretty much up. just yeah lifted right from there. And the other faction is straight up fucking Terminators. Oh, really? Yes. Amazing. It's literally the fucking Terminators. <laughs> and and at points you're like, is this what it would have been like to try to fight against the fucking Terminators? Because this is insane. <laughs> and what it is basically, the, the, the loop of the game is you can have up to four people. You could play it by yourself too, but you can have up to four people and you drop in on a planet and you're just trying to do whatever the objective is you know close down close up bug holes escort some people to safety whatever it is and you have a time limit and the longer you're on the planet the more things go to shit and enemies just start spawning on you and um so it's like a survive as long as you can well, yeah, but you want to get out. You're supposed to extract. Oh, you're supposed to. Okay. Yeah, so okay. you ideally want to do things as fast as possible and get out because the longer you're in, the worse you're going to, the time you're going to have. Okay. You know? And it's got some really fun stuff that leads to a lot of hilarious happenings. One of them is friendly fire is always on when it comes to anything you do or anything the enemy does. So sometimes you can, you know, maybe one of the bugs shoots out a poisonous like fucking you know a splash of green horse shit or something mm -hmm. and if you can get them to hit each other with it they'll kill their own people and but it goes the other way you can call in things like airstrikes or laser beams or whatever to hit the enemies and if your teammate happens to be in the vicinity kaboom <laughs> like they're gone and one of the really fun things about the game, I think, is, you know, it's this very chaotic game, but you're kind of supposed to take a little bit of a tactical approach for sure. Because if you just get into a head-on war with these enemies, you're you get smoked. You really can't take that many hits. Mm -hmm. um, and what you have to do to do things like call in resupplies, like ammo, or call in airstrikes or whatever, stuff like this is you have to hold left bumper. And I'm talking about a controller, of course. You could also play some mouse and keyboard. But you hold left bumper, and then you have to put a code in with the D-pad. So, like, you have to go, you know, up, down, left, right, left, oh, right, up, down. Cool. And then you can throw, like, a smoke wherever you want the cluster bombs to hit, and they hit that spot in, like, three seconds or whatever. Hmm. So... You can't just be like, oh, I hit left bumper and Y and, and I cluster goes, bomb right. this no, spot. No, you actually have to. You have to pre-plan and you have to actually have a little bit of a breath to be able to do this. Because if you just start hitting those buttons while there's four enemies on you, you just get, get killed. Decimated. And, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, 
when your teammates die, you do the same thing to get them back in is you have to, uh, you know, do a code to then call in a drop pod to get them back in. But the other funny thing is you don't really have you're not like a guy. You're not Master Chief. Mm-hmm. You're just a fucking grunt in right. this fucking you're shitty war. Entirely like spreading right. spreading fa- fascism across the galaxy. <laughs> They're afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, oh, how many people have watched Starship Troopers and just not get just it? not known at all yeah. what the fuck it's about? Yeah. Okay. Fuck those bugs. <laughs> like, oh, buddy. And you have, you know, you you have basically uh, all the enemies are like, you know, you have your your little grunt type enemies that die in like one or two shots, sure. right? But then you have much stronger enemies that show up, and some of them are like armored, basically. And your little fucking machine gun you start with doesn't do shit to that armor, so you have to reposition to kind of shoot their weak points mm-hmm. or have a stronger weapon which you might have limited ammo on to break the armor off to then hit the weak points, you know? And basically the whole thing just breaks down into total chaos. All that this happens. It's like nonstop total chaos. But that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's, it's super fun. And there's so much funny stuff that happens completely unintentionally. Like today, my friend and I are playing and a bug gets up on me and I'm trying to shoot the bug. And all of a sudden, I'm just fucking dead. And it says killed by, you know, my friend's name. And I go, what the hell happened? And he's like, well, I was trying to protect you from the bug, but then I hit the best shot of my life and hit you right in the head. (laughs) I appreciate that. Like friendly fire is just like a thing. Oh, the friendly fire is the best part of it. So the other day I'm playing with my, my other friend and he dies. I'm running for the Hills. There's legitimately 40 bugs chasing my ass down. And I'm trying to get to a better spot while I put in the code to get him back in. So I do the reinforce code to get him back in. And I just throw it out randomly. Mm -hmm. I'm like, just wherever, just come on. Right. And then I think, oh, shit, I look back and I'm like, man, they're all grouped up. I can do an airstrike right here. I can do a laser, a missile strike. Was that right where you dropped your friend? So I, I put in the code real quick. I missile strike all of them. And the moment I throw the smoke, you see him up here. I go, oh, shit. I go, oh, no. I literally say this, Erico. I go, oh, no, I made a mistake. <laughs> he goes, what? And then he hits the ground. Kadoom. Just dead. All the fucking bugs are dead. And he's obliterated. And it was so funny. And we're, we're dying. And... The graphic, like the graphics in this game, aren't the greatest. Like they're good. Don't get me wrong. The game. Oh, looks I saw good. the trailer. It wasn't anything that you're gonna write home about. It wasn't but it's passable. It wasn't blow away. But but you also said it's what, not a triple A title, right? But what is incredible, honestly, is their animation work. Like when a missile hits the ground, the cloud blowing up and the fire bomb, you know, the napalm hitting the fucking sky, whatever. All that stuff looks incredible. It yeah. looks so good. And you'll have stuff like you'll all the planets are pretty varied in terms of look and design. And there was one we dropped in on. We drop in and it's just all fog and you can't see shit. And the bugs are legitimately popping out of fucking nowhere to oh, attack that's, you. That's pretty rad. 
<laughs> and then we realized we just happened to come across this giant mushroom thing. And we realized, oh, when we destroy it and the fog goes away, it's like, oh, so if we ever get on a planet like this again, we got to find this fucking mushroom. Otherwise, it's hell because you can't see shit. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, and one of the other cool things they do is the the game has they do difficulty in a way I like, which is the game has nine difficulty levels and I've only played like on four of them. But what they do is instead of just making the enemies beefier, which is the worst way of doing difficulty, I think, which is just, oh, they do more damage and they're beefier. They just flood you with more enemies and harder enemy types. Like there's certain enemy types that won't even appear on the lower difficulties, but you get into higher difficulties and now all of a sudden you're like facing a fucking tank. And it's like the tank is legitimately one-shotting you from across the goddamn universe. Like at one point, my friend got shot by a tank from legitimately three quarters of the way across from the map. And we're like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) It's like, what? it targets you from that far away? But that's kind of awesome because it's like, okay, you have to like think different differently at each difficulty level. Yeah, so it's it's a super fun game, and it, the the one problem with the game is it's so much more popular than they ever dreamed it would be. Oh, sorry, the server is like fucked. Oh, getting demolished, and it's been out a week, and they're still getting demolished. The the player count on Steam is a constant four hundred thousand. It's crazy popular, and that's just Steam. It's on PS Five as well. That's crazy. But that's what a good fucking, like, like that little teaser trailer yeah. that you showed me. Like, a good thing like that, that'll get you pretty far. And I think I think a lot of the stuff is, like, you know, you're just spreading around clips of all the chaos that happens in this game and the animations and the team killing and everything. And it's well, like, and has there been, like, what was the last, like, game release? Has there been, like, a big game out? Hmm... I'm not, not really plugged I mean, into that Star- shit at all anymore. Starfield was a letdown. Um, yeah, I feel like Starfield came out and then it was just like yeah, it was gone. like a wet fart. I mean, I don't know if there's probably people still playing it, but the other thing about this game that's interesting is their their monetization model is actually pretty fair and generous. Where um, as you play, you know, there's all these different currency types, right? But as you play, you get, and this isn't monetized, but you get medals. Mm-hmm. And the medals basically allow you to progress down like a battle pass style thing. Now, you don't have to pay for this, but it's it's like a battle pass style thing where you pick like rewards, like cosmetics or weapons or whatever, sure. right? And that's like one way of progressing your character. But then they also have another battle pass that's paid and it's like $10 and you could get other stuff on it, like weapons, cosmetics, whatever. But the credits, the premium credits that you use to get that pass, you can either buy them or you can just get them over time just by finding them out in the world in these hidden caches. Okay. So... For example, you know, the first the first like monetized pass that's in the game is a thousand of these credits. And I have barely played this game because like I said, these servers are getting shit slammed. 
And I already have like 500 of the credits or so. Okay. And so, you know, it seems like a pretty, I mean, who seems knows fair. what who knows what they'll do going forward. Once they see how popular it's gotten and but, it's like, "Oh, we could we could really make some money off of this." Yeah, but it's 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 off to a good start and and their problem isn't a server capacity issue. I mean, they've been pretty forthcoming. I mean, they have the servers. Mm-hmm. It's that the game was never designed to sustain such a huge player base at the same time. So their engineers are having to rewrite core parts of the game code to get people through the login servers because their, their login servers, it's basically like, because you said there were never more than what, like 10, right? The first game was nowhere near this, this level. And it's basically like an hourglass, right? Where you have all these people who want to play. Right. And then on the other side, you have the servers, which are ready. They can handle the capacity, but in the middle, the login servers can't handle the insane amount of people hitting them. Yeah. So hopefully they figure it out. Yeah, I mean that's that's the number one issue right now though, and the other problem is is when you try to get on the game, there's no real queue system. Mm. Again, they didn't they you know they didn't foresee this unfortunately, so the game just tries to get you in, and if you just happen to hit their servers at a moment where there's an opening, you get in. So you could either get in in two minutes, or, you'd be or you could get in for a, in a fucking hour. Yeah, and there's no rhyme or reason it's just dumb luck and yeah. that sucks yeah that's not great so they that's the number one that is the only issue with the game right now basically is that it's so inconsistent on whether or not you actually have to plan ahead like like if you wanted to play you would basically have to go turn on the game and then come back in an hour and pray you're on the game you know <laughs> because you'd have to pre-plan it you know sure, what i mean sure 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 so that's the part that sucks right now and hopefully they get that addressed sooner rather well, yeah, than later. i would hope so especially if it's like because i feel like you got a window yeah right because before you really like, like turn people off yeah yeah and i think a lot of people right now like a lot of the discourse i've seen is very understanding of hey they just weren't no one could have predicted this because sony didn't even push it that hard you know, they pushed it a little bit, but not like they'd push The Last of Us or something, sure, you know. Sure. And I just think no one saw this coming. So it's like, hey, you know, it's this little dev team. Like, you got to give them a little bit of slack. Minute. Yeah. But obviously, hopefully, you know. And then they even said, like, Sony is sending them help. But the problem is when Sony sends them help, well, you gotta, they like, have to onboard those engineers right. to understand like what needs to be worked on and, and what time. needs to be fixed. And so you're essentially having to train people and that takes time too. Well, so, and that takes somebody away from, yeah. So. Right. Who could have been working on the problem. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, hopefully they figure it out. Yeah. So anyways, great game. Hopefully they figure it out. Uh, I also played, I've I've played it through twice actually. Lies of P, the uh, kind of Bloodborne oh, yeah, homage you, type game. You talked about this last time we hung out. And yeah, basically they took they took parts of this the Pinocchio story, and they integrated them into this. You know, uh, so the basic storyline is supposed to be. I'm this, assuming Eldritch Horror and like all that. Yeah, and, yeah. basically, yeah. yeah. And they uh, basically this great. I think they call him a technician, Geppetto. A great old one, if you will. Yeah. Um, basically designs all these puppets who, 
lead to this city crot having a technological revolution essentially because all these puppets are created to do all the work and all the labor and the people just get to chill out and hang out and it basically it's like the dream of technology right, right? this is what it's supposed not, to do right not, not the that the the consumerist health the capitalist hellscape we live in now right and uh what ends up happening is for some reason after some unknown period of time the puppets turn on their creators and go into what's called the puppet frenzy and start killing all the humans i was gonna say this sounds like uh uh yeah, when the Matrix came out, they did. Did you watch the Animatrix? Yeah. And they had that like, there was this uh, the background of the what background happened. of how it all happened, and right. it was like they created all these robots, and then they became sentient, and there was the one robot that like made like like killed somebody, and then this big revolution happens, and the robots go off to like make their own nation, and then they people are idiots and are like well, fuck them we're gonna bomb them and then the robots are like yeah we're fucking robots <laughs> and lay waste to everything we'll just produce more right um but yeah so you play in the game as uh they don't call him pinocchio he's called carlo which is i think supposed to be uh you know they're referencing the original writer of sure, pinocchio sure. um but you know you're just you're playing as pinocchio and it's 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 basically a Dark Souls game, Bloodborne game, right? Whatever. You're parrying, you're dodging. Uh, there's no, there is blocking, but it's like Bloodborne, where you, when you sustain damage, you can then deal damage to get your health back within a window. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's just at the end of the day, like I said, it's basically a Dark Souls game. There's some interesting stuff, a lot of quality of life type stuff, I would say, that isn't in the Dark Souls games, like. You can get a currency throughout the game that lets you reset your level or reset your upgrades so you're not tied into your bad decisions forever, you know. (laughs) Um, You have your, you know, you kill a boss, you get their soul. You can turn the soul in for either an amulet, which is like an equipment type thing that gives you some sort of stat bonus, Mm -hmm. or a boss weapon, you know, which is kind of like normal for the Souls games. Um but you can also pick up weapons along the way that are in two parts, the blade and the handle. And you can then combine them. You could either use them as they are, or you can take their parts and combine them with other weapons. Oh, that's so cool. So you could, say, take the blade from one weapon and the handle from another. And kind of customize that way. Right. So that that's an interesting thing. Um, and you can change, like... You know, like, they don't call it the same thing, but, you know, in Dark Souls, you always have, like, you know, strength and dexterity, those types of stats. Um, You can change, like, the stats on the handle to maybe push its stats more towards something else, Mm -hmm. so you can use it in another build type thing. Um, Yeah, the game looks good, and the, you know, the story was enjoyable for what it was, and there was an interesting component of, you know, Carlo is is a puppet. You're supposed, and one of the other is things you should know about the game is the puppets were basically to keep them under control or whatever. Were bound to what they call the Grand Covenant, mm-hmm. which is like one. There were a bunch of different rules, but essentially like it's supposed the, to be like stuff to protect humans from puppets, or right? Whatever. Yeah. But one of the one of the rules was puppets can't lie. And Carlo's unique in that he can lie and he's not bound to the Grand Covenant. Hmm. And so he can hurt humans and he can 
you know, whatever lie. And what's one of the threads throughout the game is there's a lot of points where you have to choose whether to tell the truth about something or lie. And that'll affect what ending you get. There's like three endings, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically what's funny is in the game is to become more human, you have to lie relentlessly. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it was a really good game. I mean, it was like a solid like eight or nine out of ten. Nice. Um, and it was, you know, my first playthrough was about 23 hours. My second one, because, you know, I knew everywhere I had to go and I know all the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. rhythms it's, it's of the fights and everything. Sure, sure. My second playthrough was probably more like 16, 15 hours or something. Which makes sense. Um, honestly, overall, it's like a lot of the Dark Souls games where at the beginning you're struggling a little bit as you're kind of trying to get the pacing and get the cadence of the fights and figure out the enemy's attack patterns and I everything. remember the first time I sat down with Bloodborne. Oh, I, I got my shit kicked hard I was by that just game like I need to I need to walk away from this for a little while. I need to take a breath <laughs> and then I will come back. Yeah. Cuz I'm getting very enraged oh the first time i played bloodborne at the beginning i went did i make a mistake buying this like i am getting my shit pushed in right now. i mean once i like you get into it the shitty thing is it's like as soon as like i stopped for a week and i was like i i've I've lost it all i'm done (laughs) fuck but um uh, i'm trying to think what if i because it's been a few weeks since we recorded did we talk about blue eye samurai on here i don't think we talked about it on here I enjoyed it thoroughly. I guess it's a it's an anime. Do you call like stuff on Netflix an anime? Well, it's an I animation. Feel, I feel like for it to be anime, it has to be produced in Japan. But maybe that's just me being an idiot. I don't no, know but I kind of feel that way too because it's like it's it's animated in an anime style. But I don't know that it's an anime. Right. Because to me, an anime has to be produced in Japan. Yeah, I don't I like think when it's people just, are like, oh, American animated, animated. An animated that's an animation. Show. Right, it's like, an animated like, show. Like the Castlevania show. I don't think that's... I wouldn't call that an anime. I mean, it basically people is. People definitely call it an anime, though, but... But it's not created in Japan. No, it's not. Um, So, uh, like, eight episodes, great voice cast, uh, gorgeously animated, really good story. Uh, highly recommend. A lot of fun. Especially if you're cool with, like... Uh, some gender fuckery, some uh, uh, an interesting potential like three way like the way they handled gender, I, I thought was very interesting and I appreciated. Um, uh, uh, fun fights, very violent, tons of nudity, just like, <laughs> but not in like a gross way, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, it's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. And I think each episode is maybe like 45 to 50 minutes. So you can blow through it pretty quickly. Do you feel differently about nudity on a show or a movie when it's animated versus an actual person doing it? No, but I will tell you. Does it make it feel like more or less exploitive or like. What always feels. Male gazy would be the term, because right? Because I think you can tell when it's a dude who's in charge of the show. Mm-hmm. At least I've seen a lot of. I am old. I've seen a lot of television. I've seen a lot of movies. And I feel like you can kind of tell when a dude is in charge of things. 
and not that's that's being a little generalistic. I think there there's some guys who kind of get it and do it better than others. Mm-hmm. But in it, it like you know how there's I always go back to that shot, and I don't know if you saw any of the Transformers movies, but in Transformers two, there's definitely a shot where you're basically like so far up poor Megan Fox's ass, you can see her kidneys. <laughs> And it's just kind of I like... I haven't seen any of the Transformer movies. And your but... life is better for it. And it's just kind of like, all right, Mike, I get it. Can we can we calm down a little bit? Well, it's like fucking Tarantino and all his love of feet. Yeah, it's like, I got it, buddy. It's like, how many times have feet been the focus of the like, frame? I got it. I got it. This felt more... Because there's a lot of sex in it, but it doesn't feel like... Because the two stories that are really framed are... Uh, the main character who is on her her quest for revenge and she's had to like hide as a man so she doesn't necessarily identify as a woman so it's kind of her story and there's a secondary story where there's a um like it's not the uh, uh she's like a nobleman's daughter and it's her trying to like navigate and this is in like the Edo period of Japan so okay. there's like the shogun and all that so women don't like have any kind of rights. She's going to get married off and she's like, yeah, I'm not really about that. So she's trying to like navigate that. And it's done in a very, very interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I feel like, and there's a, a, one of the, I don't know if it's a showrunner or writer is uh, a woman and it's just, you can tell. And I think that's what kind of makes the difference. Okay. It feels less gross. If that makes any sense. Well, sometimes it's like I always I always joke, but it's not really a joke that every major tentpole show that ever goes on HBO, the first season is always just wall to wall nudity, and then like there's no nudity anymore. <laughs> That's because what always the the women who came before are go up to the women who are in the new show and are like. You realize you can say no, right? Yeah. You don't have to do this. Yeah, you have a name now. Right. You're not just some schmuck they pulled off the street. Exactly. But, you know, and then they always just, they shoehorn it into every shot. And it's just the people are naked all the time for no apparent fucking reason. And you're like, okay, look, I like boobs. I don't mind seeing boobs. But this is just, like, ridiculous. It gets gratuitous to a point where it's just kind of like, okay, I got it. Like, is this is this adding anything? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um. And yeah, no, it very rarely does it. But and hey, make your I, we, art you want to make. We all enjoy nudity; it's great, you know. And yeah, make the art you want to make. It's just sometimes it's more gross than other times, and I didn't find it gross in this show. It's yeah. A lot of fun though; very good, yeah. good story. It's getting a season two. Oh, I've heard that. Um, and yeah, the voice acting is uh, uh, outstanding. Kenneth, I don't know if you know who Kenneth Branagh is, right? Uh, I don't think so. He plays a real bastard on the show, and it's just, he's excellent. <laughs> like, the evil people are, like, really fucking evil, and it's, like, they're really kind of, like, this guy especially, like, revels in it. Yeah. Because he's, like, a, uh, uh, I believe he's Irish, and he was, like, I don't remember why he's, like, uh, he's, like, in Japan, but it's at a point where Japan had closed its borders, so he's, like, providing them with, like, firearms and opium. It's very much one of those stories where, like, we're bringing the guns in to, like, fuck up, like, the people with swords and, like, right. katanas and Show shit. Show them how it actually goes. And they do that really well. But, like, the people with the katanas still, like, wreck fucking shop. So, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's very, very violent. So, if that's not your jam, don't don't check it out. But it's good. 
This is unrelated. I don't know why I just thought about this, but did you have you seen that John Oliver has created a bunch of press for himself, really, by offering Clarence Thomas uh, if he would quit the Supreme Court a million dollars a year, for uh, the he rest would of personally pay him a million dollars a year. And he would buy him a $2.4 million RV or something. I mean, that's basically what's happening now, right? <laughs> With all the, the gifts and the bribes from right. the, the mega donors. So, yeah, it's just, he's like, he's like, and I just want to be clear. HBOs wouldn't be paying for this. It would be me. So if you want to make me have to tour the country and do comedy shows and everything, you could do it to me. Bob sent me a, uh, uh, from beyond the grave, a link to it earlier today because I hadn't heard about it, but. Love John Oliver. It's a, it's a, He's great. It's, it's a good way of like sticking it to the guy while also creating a lot of press for his own show. Oh yeah. Well, and getting that out there that oh hey yeah this piece of shit who really probably shouldn't be on the Supreme Court and takes a lot of money from folks he shouldn't be taking money from and is you know married to someone who tried to overthrow the election. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't be on like the highest court in the land. Maybe. Just a thought maybe and then you had but the anyway. you had the whole thing where that the guy in russia who was in jail the other like he was from another political party or something oh who ended up dying weird yeah he got clearly murdered bizarre uh, Nav- navalny or whatever name whatever his name was and like trump when he finally said anything about it would just like said something about oh the you know the passing of navalny not mentioning that he was clearly murdered well anything. because we can't not, we can't not, anger papa bear <laughs> i know not condemning putin in any way we just can't like, do that he instantly made it about himself and how he's persecuted and everything oh yeah, poor baby poor thing he's such a hard life Erica. can he not do business in new york anymore is that what happened no they didn't do that they didn't do the corporate death penalty i think he, maybe he can't but i think his business still can i'm not sure okay um, but they did. But he got slammed pretty. Fine good. him like three hundred and sixty million dollars, which I believe he can't even appeal unless he pays it. So Oops. we'll see what ends up happening. I don't know, man. It's just nothing, I just I nothing maintain, ever seems to stick. I maintain it's like if you had just kept your mouth shut and stayed away from politics, you could have kept running the grift. You could have kept doing your thing and been like fine. You wouldn't have had all these problems. Well, it was funny. Someone posted a clip today of basically it was it was Trump when he was 35 or something. And he's just kind of talking about how he doesn't ever want to be involved in politics because, you know, all these people are sleazy and all this stuff. And it's like it's just so funny because everything he said in that clip is what he became. And in that clip, he's just kind of talking like a normal person, you know. Not like the sleazeball piece of shit that he is now. I mean, I think he's always kind of been a sleazeball. Well, sure, sure, sure. But it used to be but better at covering it up. Sure, sure, sure. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. Whatever <laughs> is what it is. Just just riding that yep. train to the fucking uh, Not paying any attention at all, Alex. Just there's little stuff that comes through every now and again. And I'm like, hey, you know what? That's great. Speaking of uh, fun times, actual fun times. Did you see, we had previously talked about the Cody Rhodes and uh, rock stuff and all that. Oh, yes, we did when we didn't get right because that was just sort of. We we haven't talked since then that uh, 
Cody is going to challenge Roman at WrestleMania because for the title. You ha- if you didn't do that, he would have lo- been so dumb. Would have been horrible. It really would have. It would have been like everything that sucked about Vince late period Vince running WWE. Yeah. Like this is the story, guys. This is like and do you just the optics and just like not even the optics, but like you're going back to Philly. To Philly. <laughs> We're going to do this to the Rock again. <laughs> again. Come on. Well, and at least have it, a thought in your head. It and it does almost feel like a, a truly new day, if you will, that Yes it is. <laughs> that they actually did change course from what they really wanted to do and they put Cody in that match again, which they, you know, should have. We just should have done that from the start. They turned the rock heel and for the first time and I can't even remember how long He's the rock again. He's not the actor Dwayne Johnson yucking it up and showing up at wrestling shows. Coming back for a little ego boost. Yeah, cut his, do his catchphrases and everything. It actually feels like the rock is here. And he's out there with the fucking glasses on and he's got the stupid like printed like $500 like silk shirts yeah he looks like a total piece of shit asshole the big dumb watch yeah exactly it's real over the top and he he cut some promo he was in Utah and he was talking about like it was you know he was like the I would just like to announce you know uh we set a new attendance record here tonight of you know what over 11,000 people or something and you know, it's the largest gathering of hillbillies that there's ever been or something like that. It's really or, going back to it. <laughs> yeah. Something along those lines of in, inbred Hicks or whatever like, he oh, called he's back. And then he was talking about, you know, while you're going, it's like they were in Utah. So he says something like, you know, and oh, while you're all bitching and whining, you can go home and cry into the laps of your 50 wives <laughs> or <laughs> something just like really that. going we're just going. yeah and it was it was like oh he's the rock like he's actually being the rock again well and it's just like like you, you didn't necessarily sell mania on it being cody versus roman but you kind of did well and the, the only problem right now that i see is he's and, and look i like this Roman Reigns heel character like the head of the table the bloodline all this stuff I like that character but now that he's that now that the rock is being the rock again it's such a massive disparity where you go oh man like this guy's just pouring charisma again and he's next to Roman Reigns and he's taking all the shine you know, like it's like it's, it really is like Big Brother came back to be in charge, you know, but and that, that is the one problem to me, which and I agree with you. It could be a problem or is a problem, but you can kind of you can work that into your story then eventually and maybe then do Roman V the Rock. Yeah, maybe next at, year or, what, or even do it at SummerSlam or something. Yeah. So it, it kind of seems like what they're building towards is maybe night one of WrestleMania. It'll be, you know, like Cody and Seth versus The Rock and Roman. And then maybe night two, it's, you know, Cody and Roman for the title. Mm. And 
So I don't know. Maybe they'll do something like that. I don't know exactly what they're planning. I don't, you know, watch it or whatever. I just kind of see snippets. But... I just go back to when it was the well, last time they decided to fucking act right with Daniel Bryan and it being just. I remember when they announced every like the 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 sadness in your heart where you're like, oh, he's got to beat Triple H. He's not going to beat Triple H. Triple H isn't going to lose to Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And then he did it, and you were like, wait, wait, are we actually doing this? I do I do wonder as well, I was thinking, man, if they're doing a tag match like that, why not just pull Seth out of that match? Because he doesn't really have to be in it. And Isn't he in, injured? But he is right now, but in theory, he'll be good by WrestleMania. And you got time, because Mania is what, first weekend in April? Something like that, Somewhere I think. around in there? So he's got time, yeah. Um, and these guys, you know, they're on... God knows what, and they recover very rapidly from certain things. But, um... Not CM Punk. No, definitely not. No, well, CM Punk recovers just fine. It's just the not getting injured. Re-injures himself immediately. Yeah. So... I wonder if they could do something, because we have seen one... Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle a couple years ago, I think, at WrestleMania against Kevin Owens. You could do, to me, Cody and Austin against Ooh. Rock and Roman. Like, really, like, tie it back? I mean, could you imagine the pop? Like, Cody... Those Austin pops from back in the day? Oh, there's nothing like them. Absolutely, like... You want to talk about, like, the roof getting blown off. Yeah, there was nothing like when Austin would hit the ring. Do you remember, and this is still one of my favorite all-time moments, when The Undertaker was, like, trying to marry Stephanie McMahon in, like, a black wedding ceremony or whatever? (laughs) Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But you've got, like, the big show running down to try and help her. Mick Foley, like, fucking uh, big boss man. All of these people trying to help him getting like laid fucking to waste. And then that glass shatters. Yeah. And the place just goes insane. And that happened like every week. Bonkers. Uh, yeah, no one's Bonkers. ever gotten those visceral reactions like he did. You know, and I think a lot of people forget because The Rock is such a huge star now that Austin was always the bigger star of the two in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And man, yeah, could you imagine if, you know, whatever. Ooh, but you got to do like the big video package. Like you got to have like Cody like driving out to the ranch and like sitting down and he's having a conversation. You don't see who he's talking to. And he's just like, I really need you, man. Like it would really mean a lot. And I think that having you in my corner and you fighting with me, we could really do this. And then you do the slow pan over. And it's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think that would work. I also, and that's like if you want to pop a huge rating on Raw or whatever, of course you would advertise them and everything, right? But. Or do you do the thing where it's like. I feel like, I feel like just my preference is you do the thing where you've got the whole bloodline beating up Cody, right? You know, maybe a couple guys come out and try to help him, but they get their shit kicked too. And, and then, then the glass hits. The glass shatters. And Austin just comes out and beats the hell out of everyone or chases him off with a steel chair or whatever, you know. And that would be, I mean, you do that. I don't know what towns they're going to between now and WrestleMania, but you do that in a major city and the place would just go ballistic. Yep. You know. 
So, I, I mean, there's certainly things they can do now. What are they going to do? Probably just like Cody and Seth against the Rock and Roman, which is still a really good match. Sure, sure. Um, but it just, you know, and, and maybe you don't want Austin there just in the sense of kind of like where I was talking about with the Rock thing where he's kind of taking taken the... all the focus away from Roman. Yeah. Maybe if you bring Austin back now, anyone, all anyone's going to care about is Austin and the Rock. This is the problem. Because you're talking about the two biggest stars ever. And that's always been the problem with constantly bringing back and but, relying but, but on the star But they haven't been brought back like everyone, especially not Austin. I mean, Austin, you almost oh, never no, no. see Oh, yeah, he, he really never, once he was kind of done, he was he was done. Right. Except for I didn't watch that match with, yeah. with Kevin Owens. But. And in that match, you know, it was obviously very much like, okay, we're going to do, it's like going to be more of a brawl than a wrestling match. Sure. Like. He didn't really bump all that much. I think he did do one bump on the concrete outside, which was well. And I feel insane. like because he had thousand years ago. I don't know if he still does his podcast, but yeah, I don't before Kev had signed with WWE, they did a podcast. He was on whatever the fuck uh, Austin's podcast was, right? As Kevin Steen, and they had a, a good chat. So I don't know if they've just been. Though, honestly, I think uh, uh, Kevin Owens is one of those guys, like Sami Zayn, that's like, if I'm going to come back and I want to be in good hands. Right. And that's the thing. You you put him out there with someone who's safe, who works a nice, safe style, who's very dependable, who can cut a good promo so they can hang with anyone. It's just like a good, stable, like upper mid-card type guy. Mm -hmm. And he can lose. It doesn't matter if he loses, you know. Um, the other interesting thing is I, I thought this was funny because you never watch fucking football or really sports in general, right? Not anymore. And we watched the Super Bowl whenever it was. Uh, what is that? Was last it, week? Was two it weeks last ago? weekend? I don't, the weekend before? I, I don't remember. know. Taylor um, Bowl. Yeah, Taylor Bowl, twenty twenty four. She won. I mean, you got to give it to her. She, she won. won. She won the Super Bowl her first year in the league. That's goddamn impressive. Yeah, the Biden conspiracy. It was it's, the Taylor spiracy. It's happening. <laughs> We did it, Joe. Uh, <laughs> I appreciated that he tweeted that, though. That was funny. That made me laugh. That popped Yeah, the me. intern or whoever. Right. I'm not sure Joe Biden even knows Twitter exists. Joe, he has no idea what that is. No. <laughs> the poor thing. The poor, poor thing God. doesn't know where he is half the time. No, I don't think so. But you know either. what, Alex? I'm still voting for him <laughs> for president. Well, and this... The, we could sidebar for a second. This is what so many people don't understand nobody likes joe biden nobody's like oh god i can't wait for another four years of joe biden nobody voted for him the first time around because they were big fans of joe biden it was just the anti-trump vote and to me this is the part i don't understand from a republican perspective because i get it okay there's a lot of people who will only come out and vote for trump they're in the trump cult they believe in Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. He's the God King of the fucking universe. Mm-hmm. I get it. You've got millions of people who are only going to vote for him. The problem is, as I see it, and we'll see what happens in the next election. I don't know. But it seems to me there's a lot more people who also will only vote against Trump, you know? And it's like, I just feel like there's more of those people than there are 
pro-Trump voters. But again, I could be wrong. There were last time, but that doesn't mean there will be this time. I don't know. I just All I know is that there was a big red wave predicted in the last midterm election, and that yeah. didn't end up happening because abortion bit him in the ass. Yeah. And abortion is a abortion access and rights is a winning issue. And yeah, I've heard uh, I've read a couple articles where Republicans have gone back to their constituent or have said before going back to their constituents that they're like, you've given me nothing to run on. Yeah, I have nothing to go back and be like, we did X, Y and Z. Put me back in and we'll do more of the same. We've done nothing. Well, and I think I, I heard something like this Congress has passed the least bills of any Congress in history. Like it was something like 39 bills in like three years or something. Yeah, they don't like fucking it's like do nothing. anything. They don't and it's do like anything. the whole point. And to some people on the right, that's the job that they want to be doing. They want to right. be able to point and be like, see, government doesn't work. Right. It's too flabby and too expensive. But okay, you are the idiots who are stopping it from working and stopping it from doing what it's supposed to be doing. But I also think there's a large amount of people who just don't want it to work in the sense of not that they want to show that it doesn't work, but they just don't want it to work because they don't want big government controlling their lives or something. Right. Right. But these are also the same people that are perfectly fine with like abortion being completely cut off and Republicans being like, Oh, well if your daughter is going to play softball, your like six-year-old daughter, I need to see what she's packing in her pants. So do you mind if I take her behind the screen and like, you can't be there, but yeah. yeah is that okay? Is that cool? My response to that would be, do you mind if I kill you right <laughs> now? It would be like, hey, guess what? I'm going to beat your head in with a baseball bat. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Is that all right? Anyway. I, you can go You can go ahead. Reach for her pants. Right. I'll just let you know Please. that the moment you do, I'll be killing you. Please see what happens. <laughs> you you will be feeling the the crack of the bat right about here. Is what's going to happen. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just going to take my stance back here. Let's see how far you get. Good um, luck. <laughs> Taylor Bowl. <laughs> Taylor Bowl. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny, though, that you, like, we're in, like, the fourth quarter or something, and you just go, like, man, Tony Romo has made this game so enjoyable. He did! Because <laughs> literally, and I have said this, every time we've we've talked or complained about wrestling, one of my biggest pet peeves with WWE when it was at its worst is the commentary was horrible. Right. Commentary, the whole fucking point of it is to enhance the match. Right. It's supposed to remind me about what happened between these guys in the past, what's going on, what was that move, and especially like in a football context, I don't fucking watch football. Right. I don't give a fuck about football. So having somebody be like, oh, this was this, and this is why they should do this. It was like, oh, you know what, Tony Romo? Thank you, because I don't know what's going on. And well, just his enthusiasm for the game. In, it's infectious. It's infectious. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm really kind of into this now. He's not jaded. He hasn't been right. doing this for a trillion years. Right. He just loves football. He's been doing it for a minute, though, hasn't he? He's been doing it for like four or five years, I think. Okay. But you, you could tell the guy just loves football. And he loves talking about it. And right. that I, I appreciate that level of brain rot for something. <laughs> I still truly believe, because the Chiefs were so bad in the first half of that game, I truly believe Taylor went down to the locker room and just like reamed him out. 
was like i sincerely hope that happened. you rap bastard pieces of shit i'm the biggest goddamn star in the world and i never lose get your asses back out there and make it happen if you don't win this game <laughs> i'm gonna make this man's life a living fucking hell you, you think you, you know the swifties you don't know the swifties don't know anything. <laughs> do you love this man do you care about this man then get out and win this motherfucking game. The coach is standing in the corner with his head down. <laughs> yeah. Just like Andy Reid's just like, just let her say what she's going to say. Man. Andy Reid's just look, he's like just looking at a tablet, just minding it. He's business. like, she's going to say like... what she's going to say, and it's going to be fine. We'll pull we'll pull it all in. I'll come in for the like, one, two, three, whatever the fuck at the end, but. All right, team break. Okay. Taylor's going to, Taylor's got this. Taylor's got this. Speaking yeah, of Stone Cold Steve Austin, though, he he was in he one was of those in a commercials, commercial, yeah, for like an RV or something, which was kind of RV, funny. Uh, one of those ATVs, yeah. yeah. That's I mean that's right up his alley, so that actually makes a lot of sense. Hey, you know what? He's getting that Super Bowl money. Good for him. That's right. I wonder if he made more money to be in that spot, or they paid more to have the spot in the Super Bowl. They paid more money for the spot to be. In I the think Super Bowl. so. I think so. Yeah. The only other commercial that I remember was the uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, that was good. Uh, yeah, that with the with the Duncans. They've well, done see, that the last few years. See, some of these people are so wacky, and I don't even follow celebrity culture or anything. So, like, I knew that at some point in the last few years, right, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck got back together, and they got married and everything. Because some stuff filters through. Right. right? I yeah. knew that, but I kind of forgot like, I don't think about it, right? Because right, who could possibly so, care? When all of a sudden in the commercial, Ben Affleck and J-Lo and Matt Damon and Tom Brady are all there. And I think they could actually not add Brady. I think that was like a bit too much. I didn't like Brady being but, there. All I needed was Matt Damon just yeah. being like, I'm doing this as a favor for my very dear friend. He's <laughs> like, you owe me forever for this one. <laughs> and I just, it occurred to me, I was like, oh Yeah. The three of them and Matt Damon's wife, I'm sure, is there as well. But they probably just hang out. And it's like, weird. that's so weird yeah. to <laughs> think about. Because you don't see them. You don't see... I think Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have done a pretty good job of keeping themselves, like, feeling like just regular human beings. The only, like... And I, I don't look at any of the tabloids. Because, again, who could possibly fucking care? The only like photos of Ben Affleck that filter through into or the my ones where he looks so depressed and everything is no, it's the depressed ones or the ones where he's fumbling with his dunks order outside of his door because the man just wants to drink his coffee, <laughs> and, which is what led to these commercials, which is hysterical. But but I don't know about you, but I feel I think of Jennifer Lopez as almost like this larger than life star. Sure. So the mad the the idea of her just chilling at home like fucking eating some wings or whatever right. just doesn't okay, seem I, I will tell you right now jennifer lopez has never had a chicken wing like that <laughs> yeah like, for sure yeah, no not in the way that you or i have had a no chicken wing. well and if she did it probably went right to her ass because that's just her genetics yeah, so god people, bless her some people are lucky alex yeah that's for sure but yeah I it's mean, weird it's just, to think of them just like just having chilling. a hang yeah right like they're just watching. They just watched the Super Bowl, right. like we did, except exactly. they saw their ridiculous commercial and probably died laughing. And their yeah, food was probably a lot better. Some of the stuff Matt Damon's done over the years, though, is so funny. Like the the endless feud with Jimmy Kimmel. That was good. And you know there was that whole skit where 
back when Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Sarah Silverman were still together, the whole skit where Matt Damon's like, I fucked Sarah Silverman. And then or he's like, well, I fucked Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That was amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's there's so much. There's been so much good stuff like that with Matt Damon. Oh, Jimmy just, Kimmel with that pivot, like, away from the man show. That's to, the craziest shit ever. To like, being, like, this huge star, really. Yeah, yeah. Like mainstream, like yeah, we left all that. Misogynistic well, it, it is just bullshit. funny because, like, I, I think it's like Adam Carolla's had a nice career, but I think it's mostly been radio and podcasts and stuff like that. Whereas Jimmy Kimmel kind of made himself into this whole mainstream star. You know, I think he saw like there's a there's a path here, and let me. Oh, and you know, once you can get on one of those like late night shows, you've yeah, been doing I that do. forever. Yeah, as long as you can maintain a certain level of ratings, you could just do that forever. Crap yeah. onto that. Yeah. Just ride that into the uh, into that good night. I'm kind of surprised Leno ever wanted to stop doing the late night stuff because it just seemed like that was his thing. Well, he did stop, and then he was like, oh, you know what? I'd like to do that again. <laughs> right. Hey, Conan, how about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm just saying in general, I'm most surprised he doesn't still do it. Especially because I just don't find Jimmy Fallon to be all that entertaining. I hate Jimmy Fallon. He, he just, just seems so fake. I just, I don't like him at all. Like, you could see sometimes the, like, when you watch Kimmel, you could see sometimes the gears turning and he really wants to say something offensive, but then he pulls it back and finds, like, a Letterman way of saying it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Colbert does that, too, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. You can see the gears turn though, and the eyes flash, and then yeah. they're like, "All right, nah. I'm on, I'm on network TV." Yeah, I'm not gonna say that. Let me find it. Whereas way. Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, when you look into his eyes, he looks like a soulless fucking automaton. And he's doing that thing. He's doing like he's in that. He's like in a state the, farm the commercial. The fake bowl guy. And he's got like the too dark hair. He's dyeing his hair too dark, <laughs> so it looks very unnatural. See, I've never noticed that. It's only because I don't, I never watch this show. I don't watch any late night anymore because, again, who could possibly fucking care? Like, on occasion, I'll watch, like, Colbert's uh, monologue. But he's in, like, a State Farm commercial that pops up randomly if I'm watching something. And he's got, like, the hair that's too dark. And it's like, dude, you can't dye your hair that dark. You got to go a couple shades lighter. It looks so fake. My thing with the late night shows and especially their monologues is the whole thing is just always about Trump all the time. It's like, man, I get it. Like, I get the guy is easy to make fun of. But can we and talk it about drives ratings? Can we talk about anything? Else? Yeah, but it's like, God, I'm just so sick of the same old shit. Yeah. And it's the same. I mean, I say this all the time. It's like anyone who pays attention in the least can see, you know, your CNNs of the world or even MSNBC or whoever, anyone who pretends to be even like moderate or left wing or whatever news network, they want Trump to be reelected, too, because it's insane ratings for them. Right. That's all they care about. Anderson Cooper doesn't give a shit who the president is either way he's going to be filthy fucking rich and he's going to look down from his ivory tower on all the plebs he doesn't care who the president is he might bitch a little bit he might have his personal opinions but does he really care look it's like me i'm a straight white guy i'm gonna come up on top come out on top no matter what (laughs) So do I really give a shit about anything that happens at the end of the day? I always just think of that, that there's that one episode of Seinfeld where Elaine's like, 
something bad has to happen to you someday. There has to be some kind of comeuppance. There has to be. And Jerry's like, yeah, I'm going to be fine. (laughs) It was funny. I saw in the past, I can't remember exactly when, sometime in the past month, I saw a ton of discourse start to happen again where people suddenly remembered Julia Louis-Dreyfus is like stunningly beautiful, but because she's always been portrayed on TV as like a bumbling idiot (laughs) that I don't think people have ever like really acknowledged it. Which is bonkers because if you go back to Seinfeld. Oh, she's so stunningly beautiful. She's She's a gorgeous woman. Ridiculously hot on that show. Even on like. But they play it like they tone it down. They're not trying to like pay attention to that part well and that was also she's not like and she's like she's gorgeous don't get me wrong but she's like like naturally gorgeous you know yeah like in that way that's just like she looks like a person you could see on the street right just happens to be gorgeous she doesn't look like i don't know what a good example would even be it wasn't weird that she was hanging out with like jerry and george and kramer right she looked like she belonged it wasn't like she was some like one of the supermodels that Jerry yeah. used to date on. They didn't show. pluck like fucking who was like a big supermodel. Jessica Alba is the mind, the name that's coming yeah. to mind. But Jessica Alba will look so out of place because it's like uh, she's a smoke show. It's right. like she's it hanging out with George Costanza. Okay, <laughs> she's putting up with his bullshit. Right. Though there was that episode where he's like, "Oh, I was dating the model," but he didn't have the picture of her, so he gets the picture out of like the magazine, and he was like allowed in at first because he was dating somebody really attractive and then like she broke up with him and then the gates were closed what was the episode it was the whole it was right around the time where he was he was remember he was either dating or i can't remember he was married to susan right Mm -hmm. and then was it marissa tomei right 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 where yeah like susan dies and then Marissa Tomei finds him like ridiculously attractive for some reason. He's her type. And this was like prime Marissa Tomei. And and then for some reason he did or said something that turned her off completely and she ran for the fucking hills. But it was just like the whole idea of, of Marissa Tomei is into George Costanza. It was so funny. That show was just oh, ridiculously it was amazing. brilliant. Um, it's funny because those Marissa like, Tomei is another one like Jennifer Aniston where you're like, what's going on here? Have you been drinking from the well, elixir have, of life or something? You either have the blood pact with Satan or you have a, uh, uh, just you've, you've gotten very lucky with your genetics or yeah. you have a very good plastic surgeon who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, very and subtle And when you changes. go to them and they're like, oh yeah, let's remove the, the book, the, the fat from my cheeks. They're like, we're not doing that. <laughs> You're going to look like, like, that might look good for, like, a day. And then you're going to look like fucking Skeletor. We're not, yeah. not going to do that to your face, okay? I'm not going to let you do that to your face. What else is going on, Erica? What were you about to say? I cut you off. Oh, I don't remember. What what were we talking about when we launched into Seinfeld? We're uh, talking about Julia Louis-Dreyfus and how, like, yeah. stupidly attractive she is. But it's is. like, again, she was on Veep, right? And the whole time on Veep, like, she's just playing this moron. Oh, she's the biggest <laughs> asshole in the universe, but she's still <laughs> stunningly beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And she's another one. She's still gorgeous. Yeah. You know? It is, it's always it is funny hysterical. to me when you think about that show, like, 
Seinfeld himself just kind of fell off the face of the earth. He was like, you know what? He was one of those guys. He said, I've got unlimited money. I'm good. Well, I don't have to. I don't have to, I don't have to ever do anything I don't want to do ever again. Like he had that show. Was it on Netflix? That comedians in cars getting coffee or whatever the fuck. Yeah, he just like hung out with his friends. Where it literally is just, I'm going to pick you up in a rad car, and we're gonna go get coffee. We're gonna talk for like 20 minutes, and we're gonna. Yeah. I, Netflix is going to pay me to do this. This is an excuse for us to both get paid, basically. Right. And this hang is us. Out. We're just gonna go hang out. And we're gonna, gonna double dip on the hang we were gonna have anyway. Right. But we're gonna get paid. But we're gonna for get it. paid, which is we're living the dream. And then I think yeah. he still does stand up doesn't he i think he does some here and there not yeah. a ton but i mean you seinfeld is still in syndication yeah it's wild you've made so much money well like, it, it, it is always funny to think about why like certain things latch on in that way like where you know you see seinfeld is always being played a lot friends is always being played a lot and i've noticed the big bang theory is getting played a lot on tv but some other stuff for I whatever, never liked the Big Bang Theory. They're laughing. They're laughing at us, not with us. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, there's still funny stuff. The Sheldon character is absolutely ridiculous. I appreciate that. I forget the actor's name is in a position now where he can literally do anything that he fucking wants. Well, all of them. The right. the, the four, the three leads are all they got. Well, what's insanely his face? He's been that. around forever. Um, John, um, is it Galecki? Uh, that sounds right. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the the shorter one. Yeah, and then, yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah. Jim Parsons? Plays Jim Parsons, that's Sheldon. His name. Yeah, and then Kaylee Cuoco, or however you say her name. I mean, she, the the three of them made insane amounts of money off that show, and now they can all do whatever they want, which is nice. You'd yeah. like to see that. But yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you know Seinfeld kind of just like went off, and he was like, okay, I'm I'm filthy rich. I can just do whatever. Um. Jason Alexander seemed like he still wanted to do stuff, right? Like, he had that one show. He tried to do another sitcom that failed pretty quickly. been on, like, a couple others. He did, there's one where he was, like, the star. And then he he was in, like, he had been in movies, too. But he was in, like, a couple more movies, I feel like, in the aughts. And then he was doing, he was a theater guy too, wasn't he? Yeah. He just wasn't, he never had another like huge, like really prominent role that I remember. Right. I was um, going to say to do that though, to have like another thing like Seinfeld is like. But, um, that's what I'm saying though. Veep but, was a big hit. No, I was just going to say Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she had that New Adventures of Old Christine was right. on for five, six, seven seasons. And then Veep was fucking great. Um, it, it just, who played Kramer? What was his name? Oh, give me a second. Michael. <laughs> Uh-oh. Keep looking. Let's see. Who can remember? Oh, fuck. Who can remember first? Erica or Google? It'll be Google. You're going to say it and it's going to make me really angry. Michael Richards. There it is. Well, he had so, the unfortunate, like... Right, right. Hey, but that you know was what? A, I'm going to say the N-word. That, and, uh, right, that was a while That later. was a while after Seinfeld ended, He had, though. like... Did he ever do anything else that was, like, did well or anything? Because I feel like he... really. He I, had... I feel like his issue is, is when you play a character like that, that's oh, no, so just, yeah. out there, that's such a caricature, that you are always that person in people's mind. Like, like Joey on Friends. Even yes. when he's in other stuff, he's always playing Joey. 
you can't I, you can't say joey to me you just can't because <laughs> i know i know what you're talking about but it's just like my mind goes away for a half a second and then i come back to myself and i'm like god erica there's really something wrong with you <laughs> um but you really no do no have a problem i do no i'm a thousand percent i have a problem him uh uh fucking who else I'm drawing a, a, a matt matt leblanc yeah matt leblanc but he's always joey. I'm trying to think of there's, there's and they other... did that spin-off joey show that no, failed after a like... couple seasons or something because it was just this he, isn't he had that show on what was it on showtime or hbo where he basically was just playing himself that like was a on more for outrageous a version of himself that was on for it? three or four seasons yeah uh was it episodes is I, that right? that's what's coming to mind i think you're right that was good i mean well i remember it being good but he was basically just playing himself okay, slash man. joey again we're gonna fucking pay you yeah, for and it that's what and look i feel like a lot of these people do this i feel like brad pitt plays brad pitt in every fucking movie i feel like every now and again he'll do something can that's get, a little different. you know but for the most part because yeah. that's what people want to see and it's like it's like The Rock. He always plays the. He always well, plays the way. Honestly, in every movie. like if that's what people want to pay you for, and people want to give you ridiculous months, months of money, right? Go the fuck ahead, man. You'd be stupid not to. I do love though that was it like season eight of Curb when they do the Seinfeld reunion. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is when like they're talking about it. It's Michael Richards, and it's it's who was the. It's J.B. Smooth, but what's the character? Oh, Leo. No, Leon. Leon. And they're like, he's talking about like he has to get another bar mitzvah or something. And they're and Michael Richards is like, but why? Like it's something about Crohn's disease. But he's like, oh no, yeah, I gotta go. You know, getting bar mitzvah again. And he's like, what? You want to get? And he's like, no, 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 I gotta recharge the mitzvah. And that just. One of my dying, favorite dying. Curb. One of my favorite Curb, like, episode-long, like, gags ever was when he goes to date some woman, and he goes to her house, and her little kid's there. The kid's, like, 10, 12 or something, and he's flamboyantly gay. He's just super gay little kid. And so Larry, because there were, like, the two, there were the two situations Larry would get himself into in every single episode of Curb, right? He's either just being a huge asshole or he tries to do what he thinks is a good thing and might even actually be a good thing, but everyone around him reacts super negatively to it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, what the fuck? Even when I do the good thing, I'm getting right. everyone's, everyone's mad at me. Right. And this was one of those where he meets the kid. The kid tells him like he's into fucking sewing and crocheting or whatever else. And the kid's just And Larry's very into it. He's like, that's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, he's super into it. So he buys the kid. Well, at one point, he, he the kid sees he's doodling the fucking swastika because he's Larry David. <laughs> of course. And the, the kid's like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's the cool symbol. And Larry's like, oh, oh yeah, that's Fuck. a swastika. Yeah, maybe not. Um, But he buys the kid uh, like a sewing machine because he thinks, oh, this kid's going to love this. And the kid gets the sewing machine. He fucking loves it. And the, the woman he's dating is all pissed off, right? And she's like, why'd you buy him that? Are you trying to make him gay or something? And he just looks at her. He's like, all right, come on, man. <laughs> like, this kid's clearly gay, whatever. So 
then later he like the kid sews him like whatever something with the swastika on it and the whole thing just explodes in larry's face and it's like every episode something like that yes. happens but it's it works every time my fave like all time like favorite moment though is when like the the they had the family living with them and then they leave and then Leon is just walking down the street. He's got like his, his he had like Panda Express his or meal something. or something and he comes up and Larry's standing there. He's like, yeah, you know, family left and we're both standing there and he's like, so what are you going to do? <laughs> Leon goes, I'm going to go up to my fucking bedroom and eat my fucking food and he just walks right into the <laughs> I'm house. I'm going to eat my motherfucking chicken. <laughs> fucking love that. Oh, it was just like, guess I got a roommate still. Okay. Who was that? Who was his wife? Was it Vanessa Fox or something? Oh, something like that. Like, yeah. just stunningly gorgeous. Like, that was another one. Larry was always pulling. And it was like, come on, man. Though the uh, uh, redonkulous sums of money. It only The only thing that makes me sad about Curb now is that freaking, you know, who who was his original wife on that show? Uh, she's Cheryl Hines? Yeah, she's married to freaking uh, the Kennedy who wants to run for president. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I think he is. Well, right, sure. But he thinks he's a, he's going to run independent or something. Well, it's, it's certain people funding a campaign that they hope is going to split votes from the Democrats and right. get someone into fucking power again because we just want to watch the world burn. Sure. Because we want to, you know, test out our bunkers that we have. It's just strategically funny. located in various spots around the globe. Yes, me, normal person with my bunker. My technocrat, you know, my technocrat bunker. I want to go try that out. I saw some clip the other day. I don't know if it was recent or whatever. It was just a little gif. And you know how fucking Zuckerberg, like, trains MMA or something? So he must have paid or found his way onto some actual real ufc fighters like training team and so because you can't say no right right it's just like he's gonna go okay well, sure also, look if you can be like friends with mark zuckerberg you can get a lot of free meals like, out of that sure zuck <laughs> but you can hang out with an a i can hang out with an android but um he, it's so funny though at one point it's it's him and he's at he's on like the whatever ringside team for this guy's ufc fight and there's four of them standing there and the guy's taking off all his sweats his warm-ups or whatever and he's handing them away he's not looking to who he's handing them to he's just handing them backwards and zuckerberg keeps like reaching for these this stuff but someone else keeps grabbing them away in front of him. So it's amazing. And this happens like six times. And he's just he's just in the middle and he's looking very lost and confused. <laughs> and it's the greatest thing you've ever seen. It's so funny. You know it's just, what? It's like, just like one of those awkward situations a normal human would actually get into. Right. But he's an android, so you don't really have that much sympathy for him. I I, I was reminded of, of, of another Seinfeld moment because I truly think like sitting there with Mark Zuckerberg and having to like hang out with him, it would be like when Steinbrenner is telling uh, George's parents that he thinks he's dead. Oh, yeah. And like his dad is sitting there just stewing and then finally goes like, how could you trade so-and-so? It would be like that. Like he'd be talking and I'd just be like, 
dude, you've like destroyed democracy in America. <laughs> how ruins can you, society? How can you live with yourself? silence oh there it is what else, what else do we i was just okay. showing erica the gif of zuckerberg looking very awkward it is yeah that's he, he looks he looks a little pissed too making it <laughs> yeah. even better well you always gotta watch out when you piss off tech bros with unlimited money because, because they, they could just have you killed i was just gonna say they could in theory have you murdered yes <laughs> so what else we got erica we got anything I'm trying um, to think. i'm trying to think um we talked about Halo. I talked about Blue-Eyed Samurai. I haven't had a chance to sit down with Alex did bring over the means to play Final Fantasy Remake. That's true. No pressure. So No pressure. I wanted to sit down with it. I just did not end up having any time this week. Uh, hopefully. I think, I think once you start, you're going to be in. I'll you be just got to start. Month. Yeah. It's just, it's been, the last week or so has been a little brutal. So I haven't had a chance to sit down with it. But. And, I, and I hooked it up for you. Not because I didn't think you thought, I didn't think. Not because I didn't think that you wouldn't. I got there. All right. I got there. But the problem is, is your your now dead husband has everything smashed behind that cabinet. <laughs> and it's a total fucking nightmare just to run one cable. Oh, no, because I wasn't going to. I was going to have the ghost of Bob do it. Mm-hmm. I don't touch whatever's going on in there. Yeah, so I probably broke three things. Okay. But Good to know. all I did was I unhooked the PS4 to hook up the PS5 because, you know, in theory, if a PS5 is here, why would the PS4 ever be used? Well, <laughs> so, and I couldn't tell you the last time the PS4 right, I figured no one did. On, I figured so. no one uses it anyway. But just like actually getting to the power brick to plug in the cable and run a couple cords was actually fucking true torture. So, yeah. And then you're also going to have to find out your Wi-Fi password from some unnamed source. Uh, I think I have a way of accessing that. So that's (laughs) not, we have one of those like, yeah, uh, I have a way of getting to that. So that's probably not, because that's because that's all you need to do to make the PS5 work is log it into the internet. Yeah, <laughs> and then so you're good. I've got this weekend probably not, but then next Thursday after class, I will probably have a chance to sit down and get yeah. a couple. Because I can't sit down for just an hour. No, Some people can sit down and play a video game for like an hour. Like if I knew back when I was playing through The Witcher Three, if I was only gonna have. Like if I was falling asleep or I'm like, I can maybe get like 45 hour and a half in. I can't do that. I need at least like two, three hours. No, I, I get that. And I totally understand. The one thing I will say that's nice. And if we're comparing those two games is the Witcher three is very open-ended, right? And you might have an idea of like, Oh, I want to do like this quest. I want to do this. And then I'm going to go to that. But there's a lot. This is more, linear, but yes. right. And you know, sometimes when you drop a game like that and then you come back to it, it's like, where was I? What am I doing? Whereas Final Fantasy VII Remake is much more like just you're going. And and you get to some like hub areas where there's some side quests sprinkled in. Sure. But generally, like you're just kind of following the main path. It's not like a, a turn-based JRPG, but it's a JRPG, right? Right. Yeah. 
And like you said, it's a very linear game. And and the nice thing is, is you could just save. You could just save at any time, and you just pick right up from that spot. It's not like you have to hit certain checkpoints or whatever. Well, and it's my understanding you're in Midgar the whole time. Yes. Yes. Okay. Which is intriguing. Yeah, I just think once you get into it and you like see the world. No, because that is that is one of there's like ten formative like nerd things. That happened to me as a young lass mm. that formed the decrepit, sad creature that sits before you today. <laughs> and playing through Final Fantasy VII for the first time is definitely one. Because that was my first uh, RPG, turn-based yeah. RPG that I ever played. And it was a life-changing experience. Yeah, and it's just, it's funny because, you know, I like, of course, because I exist in the world, I know things certain things that happened in final fantasy seven but i don't know you're on the internet right but i don't know you know every last thing that happens every death or every step of the way or whatever um and so i get to go into it more with like a little bit of a blank slate and it's funny because when you go into it you know you always see you know like tifa and cloud Mm -hmm. right but then by the end of that game my favorite character was actually Barrett. Oh, Barrett's great. And especially he, if they kind of expand on like Avalanche and all that, which I'm assuming they must if you're in Midgar for that long, but I got right, no, I, I, got, I got, nothing, got nothing. I got no offers. What's really fun right now is uh uh Critical Role is going through a very like Matt Mercer's love letter to all things Final Fantasy has been a lot mm-hmm. in the last couple campaigns. And there's a definite, like, uh, uh, thing from Final Fantasy VII that he's kind of pulled in. And I was like, I see you, Mercer. That's delightful. It's funny. I, I saw this the other day, and this ties in well to the Final Fantasy VII remake so Speaking, talk. he's going to, I think he's voicing Vincent Valentine in the uh, sequel. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. I did see that. I did see that. Because he's right. becoming like one of those voice actors that's in every single game that you play. And good for him. Yes. Uh, Cassidy and Overwatch. I mean, I still say McCree because I just can't remember that his name's Cassidy now. But there was, you know, every like patch or season, they sprinkle in new voice lines and stuff. And this is unrelated to um, McCree or matt mercer but he's in the game so it made me think of it but it's like there was some funny voice line between diva and sojourn where sojourn is supposed to be like the captain type leader person and she's like you know she's the older lady yeah. right she's like you know you need to diva you need to you know stay stay in formation and we got to work together and everything and diva's just like but i don't like reading and i hate homework <laughs> <laughs> something like that like it's just such a funny is the way she said it was just so cute. well delivered um but no it's it's interesting um i you know i know you don't uh, yeah it's like i don't watch twitch right but um i know kind of things that are going on on the internet as it were mm-hmm. and recently there was some bullshit streamer award show because everything must have its awards and they did like a lifetime achievement type thing for this guy, Maximilian dude. Mm -hmm. And what he's predominantly known for, I would say is fight being like a big guy in the fighting game community. And, but also he's loves like basically all Capcom games. So like resident evil monster hunter, whatever 
Dino Crisis. Dino um, not Crisis. Not that that's been around that forever. That takes me back. Um, Dino he, Crisis. And he is honestly probably, in terms of like stature, the biggest Final Fantasy VII fan on the planet. The guy loves Final Fantasy VII to a level that you probably couldn't even conceive of. Because it was like, you, because that was the first one on the PlayStation, right? So it was, you had the Nintendo diehards who really, I feel like, six is really, four or six are like, those are like, no, that's the best one. And I didn't play those until like 15 years after they came out. And great games, delightful, but... Seven was the the like oh wait okay something's right. clicking here. And what's what's interesting about this Maximilian guy is he was like he's a little bit older, right? Like he's probably our age, probably even older than us. And he's not known for being involved in whatever Twitch streamer shenanigans are going on, you know, grabbing onto the latest trend or whatever. Yeah, he just, just kind of does his own thing, plays games with his friends just kind of a normal guy who put in a lot of work first on YouTube and then on Twitch and really grew a really big audience. And he's one of those people, right. And he's one of those people too. He does like, you know, when there's like a press conference or whatever for something he's interested in, he watches it live so he can, whatever people can watch it with him or something. Mm -hmm. So, and I thought this was so wild because you never think of something like this actually happening, but you know, there, I had never seen it until just the other day, but like f- whenever it was years and years ago that the Final Fantasy VII remake project first got publicly announced, he was watching and he was so happy and excited and everything. I had never seen this. And he just like lost. He was so happy. And what was interesting was he then got invited later on at like an E3 or something to go see an early demo of the game. So he's there with a bunch of like press people, right? Press as they were. Right. And PR people. He notices there's people from like the from the dev team there and they're all looking at him. They all know who he is. But he's, there's just he's like he's like, "Oh, but I I wore this old Final Fantasy 7 jacket." So I thought maybe they were just looking at the jacket, right? And so afterwards, one of the dev developers for the game comes up to him and he's like, "Hey, would you mind taking a picture with us?" And he's like, well, yeah, sure. I mean, whatever. And then they explained to him when we were having struggles on the game and we were trying to get motivated and figure out like what we want to do yeah, and keep morale ta- and keep morale high, they would go back and show the team the footage of him reacting to the remake Aww. announcement to hype them up. That's pretty cool. And I was like, and he was telling this story <laughs> and he like- was like, no, what, he, he what was. What is the salty discharge? No, he's telling the story here because he's literally like crying. He has to stop. He's crying because it's like, wow, I didn't realize I had such an oh, impact I on be- people. I believe it. Yeah. It's kind of wild because you think about all these people just doing like the stupid react content or whatever, and it's like here's someone who actually has love for made what, his yeah. his deep love for this franchise actually made an impact on the developers. You know, and that's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. It really is. I was watching. I was like, wow, this is crazy that the developers in Japan are watching some random nude from America. Right. React to the announcement. Because, like, ultimately, isn't that what it's all about? You want to yeah. make something good. For, I mean, obviously, we all just want to make money. Right. But you want to make something good for the fans. Yeah. One of my, like, favorite little, like, random moments of, like, nerd recognizing nerd was I was... 
I think this was after the pandemic. I don't remember. Or, I mean, we're still technically in it, but whatever. Or maybe not. Maybe it was right before. I was at a restaurant, and I'm going up to the uh, the server, or the, the hostess stand, or whatever they fucking call it now. And I'm standing around, I'm talking to her, and, you know, she's got, like, a, like a halter thing on. And I'm kind of, you know, you just happen to kind of glance. And she's got a tattoo on her one shoulder. And I'm looking, and I'm like... Is that the fucking meteor from the Final Fantasy VII logo? <laughs> and she looks at me and she's like, why, yes, yes, it is. You know, like, That's fucking rad as hell, man. Right on. Loved that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, was, that was very, very formative for young Erica. I dug the shit out of that game. I don't know exactly where it's going to fit into the game, but there is a demo for Rebirth out. And in the demo, they do the... Because it's going to be three. There's going to be three of them, yes. Um, And in the demo for Rebirth, they do the... um, Where Cloud tells the story of when he and Sephiroth go back to his hometown. Nibelheim. Yeah, and the whole disaster that ensues from there, that's the demo for Rebirth. Okay. Because that's in the original game, that's right that's the next town you get to after midgar when you leave and it was it was funny it's i could tell you this because you'll forget by the time you actually see it 10 5 10 million years from now but it's funny at some point it's like supposed to be you know like cloud is retelling the story to you know barrett and tifa and Aerith and uh what's the what's the dog cat yeah um And at one point, they give you, like, options, right? Like, you don't have to do them, but you have the option of you can actually go into Tifa's house. And so it prompts you, and Tifa's like, you went into my house? And then you hit yes, and then you go in, and she's like, what the hell? That's from the original And then, and yeah, and then, but I don't know if this part's in the original, though. He he goes into her room, and then he goes into her drawers, and she's like, you went into my drawers? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, and her and Aerith at the same time go, you asshole. <laughs> that, that's, I don't remember that, but yeah, he definitely, because you're like, you're wandering through. You're <laughs> yeah, just you, like. If I can click on it, I'm going to click on like, it. Right, exactly. No, yeah, that's in the original game. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a lot of stuff like that that I think is in the original, but they maybe, you know, add some tweaks to Shushed it. Shushed it up a little Obviously, bit. you're looking at a 2024 version of it. So Which that, I'm excited for. Yeah. Um. Because that was in, in Final Fantasy VII remake on the PS5 is a ridiculously beautiful game. But I'm looking forward to to seeing that because I remember like oh fuck when did King the first Kingdom Hearts come out? Was that like 2021 or 2001? I was about to say 2021. No, it was way sooner than that. No, it's like stupid long ago, like 2022 or like. Erica, like can't talk. Twenty twenty two. Here, I'll look it up. Two thousand two. Keep, keep, I keep saying say. random yeah, years. Yeah, you say random years. I I think it was then, and I remember being stupid excited because they were bringing back some of the Final Fantasy seven characters, and like Aerith was gonna be in there, and it was very very exciting for. The first Kingdom Hearts came out in two thousand and two. You're old, Erica. I am old. You're fucking old. That dr- that game can drink, Alex. That game can drink legally. That's terrifying. One of my greatest all-time disappointments, though, is like I was very, very into that. I really liked one, 
though you can't go back and play it now because it's like bad i'm surprised a series like that hasn't gotten remakes oh give it time maybe it will but uh uh, i really liked two and then they did all these fucking side stories that i was like who could possibly fucking care and three didn't come out for like 15 years or some shit Mm -hmm. and i was just like i'm sorry guys who could possibly care at this point i just don't give a shit anymore is it it's just funny how different game developers have a completely different vision for how to treat their stuff right because you look at capcom and you know like resident evil 4 has been released i'm talking about the original has been released on every single platform to ever exist basically Uh, the skyrim and then they're and then they're doing all these remakes which have been basically smash hits across the board and but on the other hand square enix you know they don't really repackage or resell stuff like that all that much not super often i feel like they did they did like a a a on the original playstation i want to say they did a re-release of like five and six that they zhuzhed up a little bit maybe but normally it's it's they'll like they might re-release it but they won't make any tweaks to it and and it's wild to think too something like Bloodborne never got an actual sequel. It's just like that's the game and that's it. That and, is nuts. and it's not like From Software is struggling. I mean, they're making shitloads of money from Elden Ring and Armored Core and everything I else. I mean, I'm kind of into but, it though, where it's like we told her story. You know, yeah, so let's move on. Story, as it were, with any Dark Souls game. But there's <laughs> but there's lore I there know, that you can dive into. But honestly, I mean, I'd be surprised because it has been so long. You could completely redo that first Kingdom Hearts and re-release it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it's been a while. Like some of the voice actors are probably gone, but. Yeah, but you can recast people. I mean, look. Oh, of course. The, Disney the whole, does it all the time. Yeah. The whole cast for Final Fantasy VII Remake is all new people. Well, I it wasn't actually, voiced over in the original game. Right, but they've been they've used voices for those characters sure, in other sure, media sure, 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 that sure, I think sure. has been like the same people generally up until Remake. Oh, I mean, fucking eight. How long ago was um, Advent Children? And I guess what's interesting is uh, part of the video that I'm talking about with this Maximilian dude guy is he was saying when they were first making Final Final Fantasy VII Remake and they were casting for it, they actually were using whoever had been voicing Barrett in other media previously. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they, and I think he might have recorded either the whole game or huge parts of it, like his lines. And at one point they were just like, they just decided this isn't working. And we're going to recast it. And okay. I think it worked out great because I love Barrett in Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think the performance Who is great. Who does his voice? I don't know. I mean, it's normally... Um, but it's just kind of crazy how that can happen, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, you get something and it's just not working for you, I mean, you already paid the guy, so... <laughs> yeah. I'm because I, yeah I'm I'm excited to jump in. It is one of my it, it's a favorite of mine. Like yeah, a you're you're favorite. gonna love it. Oh, there's no way that I won't. It's just a matter of sitting down with it and diving back in and seeing because it's my understanding is that it's not they're they're doing things they're doing a thing things are happening a thing is being done and that's kind of cool makes you wonder what's going on but we don't know much yet maybe more in the second game which is kind of cool so. But uh, I've it's been since the Switch came out 
that I've replayed the original because they re-released it in the Nintendo. Well, store. now that now Final Fantasy VII has been re-released on every platform and just about ever exists. <laughs> yeah, I mean that they, they've never done any like it might have been like some little up, but it's it's the same game, right? Um, but uh, uh and there had been like because that was the one that people were always like, well, are we are we are we going to redo this one? Like, what are we doing? But since that one was kind of that, not breakout, because those games were always popular, but I think it went to that next level when it got yeah, on PlayStation. For sure. There and was like, there was something about, I think that's a, I think Final Fantasy VII would be a game where you would say it's very much a product of its time and why it exploded, right? It had a lot of FMV in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the graphics for the time were very oh, good. yeah. So it had a lot of things that kind of made it push to another level to kind of get above the, get above the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, you know, get above the the churn or whatever. The like chafe. A, the chafe, yeah. thank you. It, uh, uh, well, and I was, when did that come out? 97, 98-ish? So I was, I was in eighth grade. So that might have been like 90, so 98, maybe. Um when I first played it and it was the first time that I had really experienced a story like that too. And kind of in that setting with, you know, you, you, you had like your Chronicles of Narnia, you'd read like magic stuff, but seeing it kind of in that context was like, Oh yeah. Oh, okay. And like the big evil corporation, like trying to destroy the world for money. Like <laughs> this never happens. Hackneyed now. Sure. But that was really the first time I think that that kind of was like, Oh, Oh, okay. We're doing a thing here. Um, and yeah, and and just those those tropes and those character types and yeah, it's yeah, it's a forever favorite. I I I adore that game. I think I still have my old. Um, I had the like Prisma, whatever guide okay guidebook. Yeah. <clears throat> I have that somewhere still, but um, and I do still have my original playstation copy up there not Mm -hmm. the greatest hits cover but the it's i think it's up there next to the the figures that i got from babbage's fifty thousand years ago but glorious game love it big style excited to dive in and we'll have once i do start playing i'm sure we'll have lots to say hey do you think I should change the outro? Because I really do love I prayed for this and it happened. I don't know. I mean, that's good. Great. That is good. I really do like. I do. I, do I mean, like we've it. been using Hug Me, Hold Me Tight for a really long time. I know. So I'm going to tell you, Alex, I want you to I want you to go with your heart. Oh, OK. And if you no. want to switch it up, if you want to no, use something that's different. Okay. I just want to show my guy Drew some love. You know, he's really having a tough time out there with him killing CM Punk and everything. Is he going to have a match at Mania? I'm sure he will. Okay. I mean, I don't know what it's Have we be. discussed, are we talking about potentially watching that? Not- I, think we, I think we should, at least the stuff we're interested in. Okay, because I'm not sitting through two nights. That's just not a thing that's going to happen. <laughs> no, that sounds pretty tough. That sounds brutal, and we have lives. And Yeah, there know. there will be, I'm sure, a lot of bullshit we're not going to care about I would be very like interested in maybe, like, I do want to watch uh, Cody v. Roman. I think that'll be solid. 
um, at the very least, and it'll be nice to see the culmination of that story because I would assume if they've put Cody in the match, we're, there's a foregone conclusion here. Oh, well, you never know. You never it know. It is WWE. It is WWE. You never do know. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. What was it? Is it going to be Bailey, who's the women's champion? Oh, and EO Sky. Yeah. I mean, that'll be a fun match. That'll probably be good. Um, I feel like Bailey's going to win that. But, you know, I feel like she, she should get her big WrestleMania moment, right? Like, she's not going to be around forever. She's kind of getting older, I think. Well, and she was one of those original four from NXT, and has she really right. had, like, a meaningful... Yeah, no, her and her and Sasha never really got that big WrestleMania win, right? Yeah. Either of them, like Becky has and Charlotte has, but you know, Sasha left, and God knows if she'll ever be back. And you know, Bailey just hasn't just hasn't lined up for her, so and feels I, like it is now. Yeah, have no concept of what else is going to be on that show. I know it was. It's been a minute since I have watched a WrestleMania, so I feel like we watched. One. Yeah, I don't know what's going to be on the show. Maybe I don't know. It's since Izzy's been around, I don't think that we have. But it's it's been a long time. No, it it seems like the product's a lot better than it had been. No, just from watching the Rumble, just again to go back to commentary, like it was so bad. I'd... And granted, you have an unhinged maniac, ten thousand year old man screaming in your ear. No one is going to be good at their job. Well, well, he thinks of the ways he can proposition the women working for right. him. Right, exactly, exactly. So allowing somebody, trusting somebody to just do their job and do it well, it was like night and day when we watched the, from what I remember, and granted it had been a minute, but. I think I saw something like, I saw a clip last week speaking of commentary where it was supposed to be basically the bloodline was going throughout the show and screwing over all their enemies. Mm-hmm. As one and, does. Yeah, and I think it was supposed to be basically Jay Uso had Gunther beat for the Intercontinental title. He's pinning them, and then as the ref's going to count three, someone starts banging the fucking um, bell, mm-hmm. and they cut over, and it's Jimmy Uso being a fucking asshole, screwing his brother over. And Pat, when the moment they cut to that, Pat McAfee goes, just yells out, this son of a bitch. <laughs> and it was like that. It was that like pure rage that Jim Ross the, used the to get. The energy. Yeah. 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 And that used to, that worked, man. Remember how mad he used to get when like Triple H would do some bullshit or how happy he'd get when Stone Cold was beating the shit out of somebody? The call. Oh, yeah. For... Uh, 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 Mick Foley. Oh, that's the all-time off. call. Yeah, that's that's the all-time. That is that. They're gonna put that on his fucking grave, yeah. and they're gonna replay that yes. in a little video screen. Because that's that's the ultimate Jim Ross call. Yeah. Good God Almighty, he's broken in half. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then when and then when they restart it, an Undertaker choke slams him. I know. You went flying off of the, like, 20 feet in the air, and you were getting wheeled out, and you're like, nah, man, I got it. I'm in. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then when Undertaker chokeslams Foley, 
through the cage. The cage gives. He wasn't supposed to give. Nope. The cage gives. He falls onto those steel chairs. He's just um, fucking mangled. He's dead. And yeah, JR's like, oh, enough's enough. Would someone stop the damn match? Because he was probably <laughs> he's genuinely probably, Yeah, angry. he was probably enraged. Like, yeah. we're going to kill this man. Oh, yeah. Jim Same Ross. with Terry Funk. You remember, he was there and he's like throwing his hat at The Undertaker. And it's just like. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. JR is one of those guys. I think he's one of those people he cannot restrain himself, right? Like, if he's feeling an emotion, he has to let you know. But I remember, like, reading in, like, I think it was Brett's book and in Man- in uh, McFoley's first book, how they would, he'd go and he'd, like, they'd go and talk to him and be like, hey, this is going to happen in the match at some point. Not the hell in the cell, obviously. But they'd be like, we're going to do kind of this kind of spot. Maybe think about how you would want to react or what you want to say to that. So it's not necessarily, you get some great stuff in the moment. Right. But it just, I liked hearing that kind of like, it's art, right? It's collaborative and it's everything is its own is going to add to it. Yeah. And when you start just having one maniac at the top, like micromanaging everything, it just gets bad. Well, and what's sad is, you know, honestly, Vince, when he was doing commentary way back when, was good. He was good at it. But you know what? Well, that's and it's not, and that's it's a not, long time ago. Right. And it's not, it's, it's like sometimes people are just better and that's okay. It doesn't take, like, Jim Ross is one of the, if not the greatest pro wrestling announcer to ever live. And Jerry Lawler was right there with him at the time. And, you know, it's okay, Vince, that he's better than you. That's okay. Right. You you were still really you were good. good. Right. And you're one of the most, you're the most successful wrestling promoter to ever live, even though you hate that shit. You know, like, take what, take what you did. It's, it's, there's this episode of Top Gear. It's one of, like, the specials where they, like, drive a... They drive a fucking truck to the north, the the pole or the North Pole or whatever, and like the one guy is the James May is standing. He's cold. He's crabby, and uh, Jeremy Clarkson goes, "Just think about it this way: You're going to be the first person to go to the North Pole that didn't want to go there." And that's Vince McMahon. You're going to be the richest fuck in the universe doing something that you absolutely hate. Well, and the sad thing it's is, wild to me. The sad thing is, is I bet you deep down, if you actually got honesty out of him, I think he does love pro wrestling. But I also think he sees it as like other people look down on him, like the other billionaires look down on him because oh, you made your money in pro wrestling. But like, like that's a carny. That's carny bullshit. You're less than. But you're still a billionaire. I know. It's stupid. So who fucking cares? And yeah, a lun- man. A, lun- a lunatic with a massive ego. That's who cares. I took this carny ass shit and I made all of the money in the universe. Yep. What did you do? Figure out some tech thing? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's just like, you all right over there? Yeah, I'm doing great. Things went a little nuts there for yeah, a minute. Yeah, I played with the wrong knob. Ah, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. It just, yeah. It's a shame that he got to a point where, you know, 
but uh, yeah. Yeah. No, he's a piece All of right. shit. So. Yeah, he sure is. Well, he was always a piece of shit. He always was a piece of shit. Now we just know it's really bad. Now we just know the extent to which he's a piece of shit. Well, on that note, thanks for being here in your own home and hug me. Hold me tight. This has been a Puma Knife production.